Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the UGASports.com postgame overreaction show. Georgia won 39-22 to over Kent State, but man, Roddy, don't we have some reacting to do. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined by UGASports.com publisher, Roddy Nabolsi. We've got some overreacting to do. We definitely want to get uh, as much fan comments in here as possible. So, guys, you know what to do if you're joining us, uh, not for your first time. You can go ahead Put into the comments section where you're watching us from. We always like to know where that is. And then also uh, go ahead and ask your questions in that comment section. If you want to get on camera with us, there's a link in the description for just that. We want to see you guys out here with us as well. We're going to have tons of the UGASports.com media joining us throughout the show. But we love when fans of UGA uh, joins us and give their opinions just as much as uh, our opinions. Because your opinions matter just as much. So, Roddy. Man, this was uh, this was a game, and there's a lot to dive into. So, like, you know, we we go for two two and a half hours on these shows, right? And and I don't want to give it all away at the beginning. I kind of want to tease some stuff, but I'm I'm gonna overreact to uh, a good bit of stuff that happened in this game, and that's kind of what we're here for. So, Roddy, your initial thoughts on this game as I get this tweeted out and things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, my initial thoughts, everybody, please share this. It means a lot to us. We had 10,000 people join us for a blowout South Carolina game, so that always makes me happy to see that people actually want to talk about this stuff. Uh, just a tough performance. Now, Georgia didn't punt in this game, so every time they had the ball, they scored pretty much until they were running the clock out. But the only times they didn't, they had turnovers. So, uh you know, you had 500 plus yards of offense. You're moving the ball well, you know, you're, but you just had so many stupid things happen. You had penalties at the wrong time. Uh, you had drops, you know, Lad McConkey had a rough day. Uh, you had guys, other guys drop passes, you know, it's just, uh, you had bad throws, you had bad tackles. You had, it just, you know, uh, at the end, they said, Kirby, you know, what do you, what do you think about execution? And I made that old joke, you know, I'm in favor of executing them because it's just, it's all fixable, but every, not everybody, seemed like everybody had a mistake. You know, everybody had an issue that they needed to do. They could get cleaned up. So guys were in the right positions, but that was the whole point of our column on Friday was slow your roll, calm down. You beat three bad teams. Well, and I don't call Oregon a bad team, but it was the first game of a first year head coach, a first time head coach at his first school. So, uh, that's tough. And yeah, they beat BYU, but I don't, maybe BYU is not that good. Point being, you roll over Sanford, you you have the biggest victory of all time in the series against South Carolina. And everyone's like, you saw all the hyperventilating. They're better than last year. No, the hell they're not. You had 15 guys in the NFL that you don't have on the team this year. It, in other words, you'd be better if you had 15 freshmen that are all, all of a sudden out there playing and kill, kicking ass, you know. Now they're better than last year, but you're going to tell me you lose 15 guys in the NFL, all of a sudden you're better. Now the offense is better. Defense is not, and we saw that today. The defense had issues. They were gouged. There were like three drives in a row where Kent State just marched down the field, and that that can't happen. So uh, there's a lot to dissect there. But, again, I think a lot of it is correctable, at least on the offensive side. Vlad McConkie is not going to drop passes like that again. You know, uh, I, I, at least I don't see that happening. You know, uh, Stetson can be better, more accurate. Some blocks can be made. Uh, Kendall Milton can run better, uh, but there are some questions on the defense, and that's that. 
if you're Kentucky, you're Herndon Hooker, and you're looking at that when they stack the uh, wide receivers on the edge and you throw to one of them and he blocks your corner and the guy takes off for a long touchdown, you think they're not going to do that repeatedly? So point being, there's a, there's a crap ton to go over. Yeah, there is. And I'm trying to get to these comments as fast as I can because, man, uh, Thomas Dew says, did Ladd McConkie play his worst game day today against Kent State? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, he's given you, I think, 18 games now where he's been solid as a rock. So, yeah. you know, it, but yes, he he had uh, he definitely had some troubles today, but he kind of bounced back. Ladd did. I know he, he had a couple of receptions after the whole everything that happened to him. Uh, and of course, I knew this was coming. Uh, we needed this game. We have to quit drinking the rat poison. But they didn't like this from here on in. Kirby will light them up next week. Yeah, the, I knew the rat poison thing was coming. I just didn't know how far into the show. So five minutes into the show, we've got we've got rat poison with the emoji already. Yeah, I mean, and well, it might Kirby be try to warn everybody. Yeah, but Kent, it's Kent State, Roddy. You're yeah. favored by. 45 points and you which i told you was ridiculous yeah but you pull away with 17 you you only went by 17 and barely went by 17 i mean this just was not a good game especially on the defensive side of the ball offensive side of the ball sure yeah you had 529 yards but it didn't yes you had that many yards but it didn't seem like it you does that under you understand that no no absolutely well let me think about it your what was it the first two drives the second half you uh kicked field goals yeah. So you, you stop them. They have a weak punt. You get it on about your 40. And then on the next play, you hit Lad McConkey for a 21 yard catch in one play. You're, or two, excuse me, two plays. You're on in uh, golden flash territory. You move down, you have a long run. And then all of a sudden, you, you have hands to the face. You know, first and 25. Okay. Uh, you call a run, you don't really get it there. The pass doesn't get you very far. Now you have to kick a field goal. So you're back-to-back field goals. Well, they've already kicked a field goal. Now they got the ball. So it's like uh, four drives, and all of a sudden, you know, their, their last two drives, they've scored 10 points. You've scored a field goal and a field goal. It doesn't feel like you've kicked their ass. And you didn't because this team came in, and it was even after Georgia's, like, second score, when they held Georgia to a field goal, you, they the camera panned to the sideline and everybody on the Golden State side was grinning. Well, Georgia just marched down and kicked a field goal on you, but that was the point. They're like, yeah, they kicked a field goal. You know, they they didn't, they didn't punch in the end zone. They they weren't scoring touchdowns, so that had a lot to do with it. You know, it's um, uh, it doesn't feel like you blew them out, but again, I, I'm not going to get over uh, exacerbated on it because. I, I didn't expect to be this close, Paul, but I, I tried to tell everybody, look, that it's this is a good team because when Kirby stood in front of the media on Monday, he says, look, I'm you guys don't listen to a damn thing I say up here. I'm telling you, this is a good team. They they played Oklahoma tight. They played Washington better, you know. They killed a, a team in their kind of their level. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they won their division last year. You know, this is – and this is the best quarterback Georgia's faced. They called great plays. They tackled well. They got off blocks well. They were fundamentally very sound. Called a great game, and they had a good uh, guy that 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 three three five. You know, with that hitman in the middle, just kind of wandering about making plays. Uh, they had a very very good guy in the interior there, very high PFF grade. You know, and I think his name is West. Point being, it's a good football team. But everyone goes, oh well, they're one and two. Well, shit, yeah, they're Kent State versus Oklahoma. 
You know, it's Kent State versus Washington. They're good teams. And you yeah, you're gonna beat them. Only one by forty-four 17. points was garbage, man. That's bullshit. Yeah, but you still only won by seventeen. Uh, yeah. Nature Boy says, "Jesus, folks, take a deep breath." That's not what we're here for, Nature. We're here to let it all out, my man. It's the overreaction <laughs> show. Have some fun, big dog. Uh, let's see here. I saw another comment. It was from Christy. I want to find it. Uh, she said, "Where was Kendall Milton, Christy? You just hold on. You hold on. I got a. I got. I got something for you on that. Um, I've got some staggering numbers, if you will, on that. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, let's I do a real quick uh, up, update on Michael Williams. I was yeah. What you got on? What you got on Michael? Uh, busted up thumb, but he'll, he'll be okay. So I busted don't know. I think the Kirby Smart press conference is going on right now. I'm not sure if he's been, if he's, uh, if they've, if he's addressed that or not." I'm trying to keep an eye Let's on the uh, dash asked Kirby about Mike Kellen said he's fine. Said he played. That was the quote. So he played. Yeah. And uh, AD Mitchell is day to day or could have gone back in. Right. The guy yeah. that hasn't played the last two games could have gone back in two weeks. I ago. will tell you though. I will tell you, Roddy, you need AD Mitchell. You know, yeah. You, you need Jalen Carter to play. You need, well, you need AD Mitchell. You need Jalen Carter. You hope Kenny Max was just that quad contusion. Like you said, but those things can linger around. How do they? First off, we're going to bring in Jason real quick. How do they realize it's a quad bruise bef- within like two minutes? Don't bruises take a while? Like no. I'm sure there's athletic trainers, but how does that work? Listen, like, Pinky, I know you ain't played football a whole lot, but I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I'm telling like what you, you just instantly no. know that. It's okay, when you when you get that for me, it was always a knee. I always got a knee in the thigh. You know. And you 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 can just feel it's like holy crap my thigh hurts you know and you reach down and you grab it, it's like fudge and it just stinks so they take him into the room and they're like let's move your knee around knee's fine uh, let's check your ankle knee's fine he's like I'm, but so, it's process, thigh, so like, what I'm saying is it's a process uh, of elimination holy shit that hurts you know is it's, it's more of a process of elimination as well as what well, it, it hurts like hell and they touch it and you scream yeah. Uh, let's you you have a bruise on your arm, right? You touch it, it hurts. It's not. Yeah, but like it, it hurts. Takes if a I punched you in the shoulder, shit. <laughs> my son punched you in the shoulder. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And all yes. of a sudden, you're like, "Ow!" Well, guess what? You have a shoulder contusion. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Ollie got me. You know. So yeah. well, you know that, right away. He probably kill me. Hope he's, he's doing he's well. How's he dude. doing? How's he doing at college? You doing good? Uh, dude, he, uh, closed weekend this weekend. He'll be back next weekend. But, uh, yeah, he's kicking ass up at the uh, UNG. Uh, as a awesome. core cadets. He made the, uh, he make the, the challenge team? team, man. Nice. As a freshman. Yeah, they yeah. only got 35 kids in the whole damn school, and he made it as a freshman. So Look at that. And guess who else made it as a freshman? Jason Butt. Jason, Jason you, you made it as a freshman in the UGA, right? I did. Yeah. yeah, see, I didn't. I was a transfer, so congrats. So I was lucky. All right, to be fair, uh, they used to have this thing called university studies where if you were a local kid, like like surrounding counties of Athens, uh, because tax dollars funneled into UGA, uh, you got preferential treatment. So they got rid of that program once it got more and more competitive, but I, I shouldn't have gotten in. Uh, <laughs> oh, I really shouldn't have. Well, uh, Jason Butt here with us, the uh, – New fa- I mean, this guy's almost the face of our YouTube channel now with these daily updates in that background right there. I mean, I yeah, I can't no. compete. I can't compete. <laughs> uh, he's crushing it out here. But uh, Jason, your initial thoughts from this game? What? Uh, I know you put out an article every week. What just happened? Uh, what did just happen? A bunch of sleepwalking. That's the uh, the best oh, that's term the I could think of. Yes, I like that. Yeah, I, like that. I mean, it was. Uh, about as uninspiring as I've seen in a, in a couple of years, maybe. Um, 
it, it's it's one of those things, especially also in the first half, it was offensively where it, it just seemed like they they didn't show up. They weren't on the same page, much like the Samford game. Uh, but then Lad McConkie compounded things with the uh, the two fumbles and not not catching the ball in the end zone. Granted, he would have taken a hell of a shot if he did. And um, and then in the the second half, it, you just you give a team like Kent State confidence, and they're going to capitalize. And I feel like that was a much more confident team, knowing that they they had competed with them in the first half and they got the run game going. Georgia just uh, you know have, having a team like that be balanced for four quarters. You saw some missed tackles. You didn't see Georgia's defense really up for it. Just, I mean, it was it was about as of a mess of a game as I've seen in the past two years. But thankfully for Georgia, it was against Kent State, and they didn't have the horses or the firepower to be able to uh, actually do any significant damage and capitalize uh, more so on those Georgia mistakes. Well, yeah, I mean, at halftime, twenty six to thirteen. If you're Kent State, you're you're running into the locker room. I mean, you are pumped. To yeah. get in there, you're you're down 13 to Georgia. I think the first quarter line was something like 18, 19, minus 19. So you're at halftime and you're yeah. already beating every odd. You're moving the ball. Yeah, at uh, halftime it, was, it moved to 18 for the second half. Jeez. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they yeah, covered oh, yeah. that. Just got that, of course. They covered that too. I mean, you look at yeah. the second half. Uh, it was 13. Yeah, I'm not good at math. 13 to nine. 13 to nine in the second half. What's crazy about it is that if, if, uh, if McConkey doesn't fumble the punt, if he doesn't fumble on the, so, so let's say they, they go on another possession uh, and, and and they score, whether field goal or touchdown. I just think Georgia started so, so fast that if, if they have a possession there, they possibly go up 10, nothing, 14, nothing. Then McConkey doesn't fumble later. You get a touchdown on that drive. They were rolling on that drive too. This game should have been a Georgia cover. <laughs> And Whoa. it just the, the, it should have been. And the way that when you have three first half turnovers, two that end up in ten Kent State points, you've totally flipped the complexion of the game. And uh, twenty four point flip right there. Yeah, awesome. and and Georgia just never really felt like it. it just never seemed like they were ever going to get back in sync. I mean, the second half, uh, they started trading field goals with this team, and they they just did not. It's it's really strange. Oregon, South Carolina, they look like they can go win another national championship. Samford and Kent State, they they look like a two lot two three loss team, and it's good that these losses are these types of games are coming against the bad teams on one hand because it's better better now than Florida, Kentucky, or Tennessee, but at the same time these are teams that uh, the best teams take care of easily in the first half. I'm curious though. I mean, I had a buddy text me right after the game and said, "All right, when's the first loss?" For Georgia now after this game, that's the first like first three weeks. It's been nothing but you know sunshine, butterflies, rainbows. This team's the best, uh, and now folks are asking, when's the first loss? Is it going to be Tennessee? Is it going to be Kentucky? Is there going to be a first loss? Because just like you said, Jason, you come out national stage week one and you absolutely crush Oregon. You get the media narrative is now Georgia is back again. They reloaded. Then you come out against Sanford. Yeah, sure, it's against a coach that Curry Smart, you know, coached under, but it wasn't very convincing. You got out of there, though. You still didn't let them have any points. So you still only gave up three points through the first two, two weeks. So now it's like Georgia's defense is reloaded, even though they had all those guys go to the draft. And Kirby's kind of telling the media throughout the week, 
hey, guys, you know, yeah, we had a bunch of guys go to the draft. I know you guys are talking about this defense being really good. We had a bunch of guys go to the draft. Just throwing that out there. That narrative still continues, though. And then you come up against Kent State, they score 22 points, and you go, oh, okay. Um, well, what are they going to do once it comes to SEC play? Because Kent State, I think Kent State could, you know, potentially like beat a Vandy. I think they're pretty good, but it's Kent State at the same. So it's it's just one of those things where it's like you you're playing almost down to your competition, Roddy, and these noon home games where it's like like Jason said, you're sleepwalking, you're playing down to your competition. There's a ton of different things you could say about it, but at the end of the yes, day, yes. this does not look good. I'm not- I disagree a little bit on the playing down the competition or the sleepwalking thing. My thing is just, you just some days you just have bad execution. You know, I mean, Stetson, some of his passes were brilliant. Some were garbage. And that's, I've always said that about him. He's got two, three boneheaded plays a game. And, you know, and my boneheaded, that's, I'm stealing a line from Kirby. Kirby said that last year. He says he's got some boneheaded plays. And including that passes behind a guy or, you know, a guy going out to the flats and you throw it at his feet. He he has a couple of those. But what you don't see is balls being stripped away from guys when they're running at uh, missed blocks, you know. And so I don't want to say that they played down. I just think that you just flat missed, you know. And some days you're going to miss. And maybe it was a, a bit of overconfidence. But I know that Kirby – just, just like he, I don't say yelled at the media, but he stood up there and called the entire media out, saying, "You guys don't believe me when I tell you this is a good team. You're gonna, you're not gonna pay any attention to what I say, but I'm telling you they're good." And I was talking to people inside the program, and all week they're like, "This is maybe one of the best teams we faced. It's definitely the best quarterback we faced." And they, they present a odd a, a defense that Tennessee likes to run that's going to give you some trouble, but Georgia never punted, never punted, went down the field. Had some turnovers, you know, some ugly plays. But, you, kn- I mean, how many times the lad McConkey has, has been absolute money on crazy mm-hmm. catches and then he just dropped some easy ones, you know? So Stetson uh, threw the ball behind Dylan Bell one time. He threw yeah. a bad pass to, I think it was Darnell Washington. Yeah. Darnell had that, to Dylan Bell him. should catch that, you know? So that's on both of them. It's, a, it's behind it, but it still hits both his hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the point being – all those plays and, you know, Jason may have the, the the right of it, you know, maybe you're just – your head's not in it, but – it, it wasn't as automatic. My point was, or my positive spin on it was, well, that's a lot of stuff you can fix, you know, without having to get your asses kicked in the SEC championship game to get everything fixed before you play Michigan. So you can take a game like this yeah. and go, hey, that wasn't good. You know, here's – imagine if that were a better team, what, what we would have been facing there. But also, one of the things when I said this was going to be a little bit tighter game or said that Georgia's not as good as they were last year is the fact you don't have Devontae Wyatt in the middle. You don't have uh, uh, Jordan Davis in the middle. You basically got Jalen Carter, and there's nobody supporting him. Then you take out Jalen Carter, and you see that. I mean, Bear Alexander looked good, but, I mean, it's just they were very, very thin in the interior. That opened it up some. I thought the inside linebackers played better. I thought that was going to be a problem for them today, you know, but they played really well. So, again, it's there are some issues there. Uh, but, again, Chris Smith – uh, going, you know, not being on top of a guy. Malachi Starks and uh, Kamari Lasser getting a letting a wide receiver get behind both of them. Luckily, the guy doesn't miss it or it's overthrown. That's stuff that you can coach up. It's not, hey, we just don't have the talent to do this. We don't have the, we don't have the coaching. We don't have the scheme to fix it. So that, as well as uh, those screen plays to the outside, where 
<laughs> Georgia was just not ready for that. That guy took off. I don't that's know. a that's a linebacker issue, man. That's uh, there's. Some- yeah, I don't know how far that was. Let's see. Yeah, so- uh, I mean, he had there was a 46 yard. Uh, play. I mean, yeah, they they had some pretty big plays over there just on simple screens. I mean, their yards after catch 157. Their total yards passing 188. So they're just doing screen plays, Jason. Yeah, yeah. and you know, uh, touching on something Roddy said. Um, I, I was guilty. I didn't think Kent State was good enough. Um, but one thing I did mention on one of our one of the daily recap videos that I just kind of t- I just briefly mentioned it. Like, well, maybe, maybe. And, and I, part of me wonders, you know, they played Washington and they played Oklahoma in the first two weeks of the year. This is their third Power Five game. Yeah, this is a team that's, you know, they getting that kind of experience in those two games before you come over to Georgia. Uh, yeah, they surprised me. They were better than I thought they would be, but Georgia still should have should have should have covered. If, if everything goes the way it, without the the mistakes and miscues in the first quarter, I think they roll away with it. It's just the complexion of everything changed and confidence, uh, and then pressing a little bit to maybe do more uh, on on Georgia's side of things. And then yeah, uh, but you know what? You still got to win. You 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 move on. You fight another day and. Watch them come out next week against Missouri and win by fifty-five oh, or sixty. Yeah. Well, again, that's what happened last year. You know, yeah. they, they went over overconfident into the Alabama game. Alabama kicked their ass, and then all of a sudden they're like, "We're not going to let this happen again." And that's my point. It's like I was worried this was going to happen last week at South Carolina, a game that was tighter than everyone expected. Going off of your point, Jason, what should happen? And I actually made my score prediction last week on what should happen, but it's not what I felt would happen. I was worried there's going to be a game like this. Well. You got that game today on September 24th against Kent. Perfect. Perfect. It wasn't against Tennessee. It wasn't against Kentucky on the road. Oh, because you, know, you, probably, you bring a, bring a Dane in real quick. If okay, to, to Roddy's point, if that happens, Dane, if you play this game against Kentucky or against Tennessee, you probably lose this game. I don't think so. And here's Dane Young, folks. I don't think so. I really don't. I think Kirby Smart is ecstatic right now. Like that game is exactly what he wanted, and he even said as much in his post game interview that like he needed the wake up call, but like in a comfortable win. Like that's a coaching dream from anyone from that Nick Saban tree, which is the struggle win against the team that you are forty point favorites against because you get to coach on it, you get to go yell at Lad McConkey all week, you get to go yell at. Uh, whichever defensive ends. I, the biggest thing to actually be concerned about is that when Jalen Carter is not in there, that defensive front is not very menacing, particularly well, I, on the defensive line. I said it when those guys were recruited who are now juniors. So it was Zion Logue, the Tennessee trio, Zion Logue, Bill Norton, Warren Brinson, and then you also had Nazir Stackhouse. I was like, this isn't a great defensive line class. And when they finally become upperclassmen, Georgia's going to struggle in this area. I don't want to say that I'm right. I would love for all four of them to turn around, but none of them have really broken out. And Nazir Stackhouse plays. Tremel Walther plays, but you look at his PFF grade every week, and it is damn near at the bottom. Um, Bear Alexander's coming, and they need him to come as fast as possible. They need they need they need Bear Alexander to to get on the field in a quick, fast way. They we saw. I remember Kirby said uh, might have been a week ago now. I don't know. He said that they've got two freshman defensive linemen. He didn't name them. He said they've got two freshman defensive linemen that are ready to play. I read that in one of Dash's articles. And I was assuming at the time he was talking about Michael, obviously, who just won, and then Christian Miller, because we had seen Christian Miller 
in the first two games, I want to say. And now I want to believe that that second freshman that they have ready is Bear Alexander. Yeah. And speaking of Bear, he uh, registered one tackle today in that pass breakup. So, you know, he's getting there. Same amount that Warren Brinson had. Well, Warren Brinson had one tackle. Same amount as Walther with one tackle. Norton with one tackle. Uh, Nazir Stackhouse had two. So, again, I'm just just pointing that out there that that might be uh, that might be something to look at moving forward. So, I guess I'm overreacting to the overreaction. Like, I, I never thought that like Georgia was in doubt of losing this game. And obviously this is the worst game that George has played this year, but like the standard of the first three games is not the proper measurement for that. Like look at it in its totality. And I I still think that that game today, Georgia scoring 39 points probably beats any team in the sec East. Like, do you see someone scoring 40 on Georgia? Cause I don't, I just don't think that with that level of play against an SEC team that you score 39. I think given the opponent, given um, yeah, uh, a, a, a stronger, a strong running game against a team that has not defended the run very well this year, that, yeah, of course you're going to move the ball, but then you settle for three field goals. Um, and then you have the the, um, the two turnovers, the interception, the deep interception, and then the uh, Lab McConkie fumble as you're driving for more points. Uh, I, th- I don't. I don't think that type of play wins you close games against SEC teams. But um, at, the, at the same time, to me, the bigger concern. I, I'm not worried about the offense moving forward. I just want to throw that out there. I don't think they play like this again. Uh, but like you said, Paul, I think defensively is where um, if you don't have like they have to make sure Jalen Carter stays gets healthy for for the for the Florida game. But they also have to ensure that they don't have these kind of uh, performances or that games are in hand moving forward against uh, Missouri, Vanderbilt, and uh, Auburn. Or I guess it's Missouri, Auburn, then Vanderbilt. And, and Auburn being the more worrisome one just because it's a rivalry game. But these are three easily, <laughs> these are three easily winnable games. I mean, uh, but you never, know, hey, you never know what can happen in, in, in rivalry games. That's all I'm saying. But Neither Auburn nor Missouri had 200 yards halfway through the fourth quarter. <laughs> It's terrible, I know, I know. But hey, but, but look, go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, but if they can get, make sure Jalen Carter gets better and gets right going into Florida, and they're still unbeaten, to me, that's the big key moving forward because uh, that that guy, like you said, Paul, is a difference maker. And maybe by then, it's Bear Alexander helping him out in the middle um, because they they definitely need help and they need to be able to uh, I mean the, the run defense today was just didn't look like we have seen over what the past 18 games so well I guess you could take away the the first Bama game but but they just have not looked they did not look the same uh, that we have been, been accustomed to seeing uh, Jeff Ful- Fulford's comment is up on the screen he said did I listen to that correct the way we played today we would still beat Tennessee and Kentucky that's from Dane Young he said yes yeah yeah and I say that because mm-hmm. like why are people thinking that Tennessee and Kentucky are these like juggernauts that will beat Georgia even on Georgia's bad day? Like, was was it Tennessee's struggle win against Pitt? Was it that? Because I don't think Pitt's that great. Was it Kentucky's win over a Florida team that should have lost to South Florida last week? Like, I, I don't know what people will see that's so menacing. Like, Tennessee's going to struggle tonight against a bad Florida team. They may win. Yeah, but all those teams are better than Kent State. I mean, I, I, no, Kent, I, I Kent State I, wasn't I, I, as bad as I thought. I was thinking Kent State was maybe along like a FCS team, just based on 
and, and honestly, they scored 20 against Washington. So I don't know. I mean, I was, I was just looking at certain metrics this week and thinking, oh, man, this is an easy cover, for instance. They're going to blow them out. And, I mean, they, they played way better than I thought, but Georgia still scored 39. Like, like really, to your point, and I, I don't think this was a, a good team. I think if Georgia plays down and they, they don't play well and they turn the ball over three times against Kentucky and Tennessee, that's going to be a close game. All right, Paul, write this down. You ready? I got one for you. Yeah, there's the pin. I love it. <laughs> uh, Kent State will have more total yards on Georgia than Kentucky. Oh, okay. I can't wait to I can't wait to what? see if this comes. Hold through. on, how many total yards did they get? Let's see. Because you are totally off on this. Let's see. 281. Kentucky's not going to get 300 yards on Georgia. Holy cow, Dane. Kent yep. State. There's no way. We'll have more points. Well, yards, not points. Yards. yards. Oh, excuse me, yards. I'm trying to write this down and, and still host the show at the same time. We'll have more yards. Are you so than... staggered at the, at the hot take I threw out? <laughs> Kentucky. You know why? Dang. Because Will Levis ain't that guy. 281 yards. You're out of your freaking mind, dude. Um, oh, if I wasn't crazy. on my phone. I, I Now I want to go back and look at how many yards Kentucky had on Georgia last year. And now I know uh, what you're saying. Well, that defense is different, and I agree with you. It is different. But Kentucky's offense is not as good this year either. Hold on. Kentucky's what, not as this, good of a team this year as it was last year. I think you're right. Is Toby Trammell correct right here? Was the line 61 and a half? For the over-under? Yeah. It might It might have been. That oh, would be, well, I mean, they were 40. Toby, Toby, if you took the under on that, then you, you had a hell of a win right there because that's 61 points. But uh, the yeah. over, wow. Um, I would have never taken an, that. That would have been an easy. I don't remember seeing sixty-one and a half. I mean, was that an alt line? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just thinking. I mean, you're up by you're favored by forty-five. It's got to be something close to that. I mean, if you're putting real money on that, you're kind of a degenerate gambler. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Hey, man. Which is cool. I love degenerate gamblers. Man. I wish I <laughs> yeah. could be one. I just don't have yeah. the money. <laughs> it's, it's fun stuff. Hey, Roddy's back, which means I'm gonna go before he yells at me like Paul just did. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Scram, kid. Hey, Appreciate it, Roddy, enjoy that fiddler, man. I'm driving or about to be driving. So yeah. I'm right now. So enjoy it on my behalf, please. Will do. Uh, I had to go change and get my Saturdays in Athens shirt. But That's actually, I, was, uh, I changed halfway through the show, Jason. We were at Coach's house, and uh, you can hang meat in there. Apparently, it was chilly today. Uh, oh. get him, uh, so I was wearing a, a polo shirt, and halfway through, I had to put on a uh, – it's fall in Athens, man. I had to put on a, a long sleeve, but now I'm back in my office where it's, you know, I like to cook eggs on my desk, you know, and it's hot in here. I like it hot. <laughs> Go back to the t-shirt. But uh, I do want to shout out the fact that this was sent to me by our friends over at the, the 7-6 apparel. Yes, sir. And you can actually get the uh, Saturday in Athens. What do you got on there, Paul Mary? I know you're this is all their. It's all their new stuff. So they're coming out with their fall stuff now. Uh, you know, it's, it's sweater weather, hoodie weather. So, uh, you got hunker it down one more time. This is over on the 76.com. Chance and those guys, uh, just great people. They also do NIL stuff for some of the players, which they do for Jalen Walker, who had a block punt today. So if you want to get your Jalen Walker attire, I'll show you how to get it on here. But hunker it down one more time. Uh, they've got that uh, hoodie. I should be getting another swag bag from Chance soon. Chance, if you're listening. Uh, subtle, subtle, Paul. Yeah, very subtle. Yeah. You got Saturday. You got this one Saturdays. After That's a cool shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I love their that. Georgia, the state of Georgia logo with the three stripes on it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. I have it actually here. Nice clean. 
I just bought um I just bought uh the uh that one, the Jack Harlow one, the uh, I've been to Athens and I like it. Yeah, Man, people really like this shirt. I just think I think it's cool, and it's kind of like what uh, Eddie was saying a couple weeks ago when he was like, you know, these are the type of shirts like if you know, you know, and I, I love yeah. that aspect of it. Yeah, a lot of so, inside uh, jokes on there. Yeah, tons of them. So, uh, guys, you can use code POS twenty two. Uh, to get 20% off again, guys, you code POS that's for post game overreaction show, but it's also kind of what we, uh, what we are in this show. Just POS 22 is the code and it gets you uh 20% off over on the seven, com. Again, guys, they're coming out with all of their fall collection. Here's one for you guys. How about this? A little Nike action. I need to get that. Oh yeah. 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 I might order that like tonight. Nike action yeah. with three stripes. Hey, if you're watching a, 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 a large. Um, yeah, uh, that right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all hook it up. <laughs> chance, uh, chance, if you're listening, hook it up for a guy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. I didn't even see that till I was just looking. Holy That's cow! Clean. That is. Hey, very uh, uh, if you would, Paul, put the link to the site in the comment section. There, folks, if, you, if y'all are enjoying this, click on it. Just go check out their stuff while we talk, if you would. Yeah, I do want to get on the. Uh, from Dennis Montgomery here says, what's the word on Kenny Mack? Uh, we broke the news on the watch along show. So if you tune into the watch along show, you would know this because we had it before anybody else. Uh, thigh contusion, thigh bruise. So that's the word on Kenny Mack. And we also at the dogvent.com or excuse me, the ujsports.com on the dog vent. People are asking about Michael Williams. Uh, Kirby says he's fine. He played well. He hurt his thumb because he wasn't playing a whole lot. So, uh, but we are, we are told that he is fine, but he did bang up his thumb. So, uh, a, a lot of guys out, you know, a lot of guys, you know, you, you didn't have A.D. Mitchell. You didn't have Jalen Carter play a whole lot, you know. He got in there. Remember when they were trying that fourth down to get Georgia to jump off sides? It was Jalen Carter that went out there and was like, if any of you SOBs jump off sides, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Nobody moved. So, uh, and remember they had like the punter come up to the line of scrimmage, the quarterback, yeah. the trainer, they all came up to pretend they were going to get the ball and, uh, they put him out there to make sure that uh, nobody, you know, you put your senior leadership guys out there, not senior, but your guys with a lot of snaps to not be fooled by any of that. And that's why Jalen Carter went out there for that one. So uh, pretty healthy there. When do we start? Uh, when do we talk about the running backs? Is that right now? Is that a little later? No time like the present, baby. Okay. All right. Well, because a lot Tennessee's of three, nothing on Florida, by the way. Oh, thank you. What uh, what quarter? First? Uh, second. Thirteen fifty one. Thirteen fifty. So, so I just have a, I just did not. I don't. I went into that. I know Florida was a trendy pick, but I, or at least the cover. Uh, but I don't. I kind of think Tennessee rolls away with that. Anthony Richardson's not not that good. Hey, Amari, Car- Amari Carmichael, Dennis, uh, T Dog, Brandon. Y'all, y'all keep us up on the scores here if you've got it on your uh, TV. So yeah. Because every time I pull it up over here, it uh, starts playing music randomly at me from the ESPN. Uh, <laughs> and so it, it comes into the show like 20 minutes after. And I don't know where it's coming from. It freaks me out. So, <laughs> All right, guys. It's time to talk about these running backs, man. That's what a lot of this chat's been focused around. And your leading rusher today was Brock Bowers. Obviously, he had the 75-yard rush. But he had two touchdowns, too. And then everybody's been talking about Kendall Milton. And how he was supposed to be that guy this year. This was his year. If you saw it uh, a couple days ago, Kendall Milton bought the whole, uh, I don't think he bought them, but was partnered with Beats by Dre and got the whole team headphones. He's, he's, he's that guy, right? And today, 
comes out nine attempts for 41 yards. One of those rushes was 27 yards. If you take that one rush out, uh, which is unfair, right? Uh, yeah, it's unfair, man. Hey, you break the big ones, you got to count them. But if you do take that one out, 14 yards and eight carries, 1.75 yards per carry if you take that big one out, which was a really good run. Uh, but a lot of people are kind of upset that he hasn't become that next level guy. And they think Dejon Edwards, which he did today, got 12 attempts for 73 yards. And Kenny Mack, nine attempts for 44 yards. Same type thing there for Kenny Mack, really. Uh, they're not impressed with the running back room. What to say about that, folks? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a relevant criticism right now. I think you're not really seeing the explosion outside. I mean, Kenny Mack's your guy. I mean, I think he's been the best running back so far. Makes you wonder if Dejan Edwards, uh, I think, has done a, a good enough job. It makes you wonder if Branson Robinson should get some more touches and get some more run um but out yeah outside of kenny mack i, I just it, they haven't been bad they haven't been outstanding it, it's it's good not great that's kind of my my expert analysis on that roddy what you what do you have on that kendall milton was very he ran hesitantly in the first game against Oregon, the first like three carries or so i don't remember specifically you guys know when i'm knocking back this fiddler i don't remember stuff very well but i do remember him not uh having a great start to the oregon game but then he kind of got into a groove and started hitting it better week two he had 10 carries for 85 yards eight and a half of carry that's legit last week against south carolina that same kind of hesitancy and i said this when i was talking to randy mcmichael on 92.9 i feel that he's kind of caught between making a move or running with power and he had a carry to the outside. He cut back inside, and that's where the guys were, you know. But maybe he didn't figure he could make it to the edge. You know, he had, I think, uh, uh, Roderick Jones was maybe the lead blocker going around the edge there. And, you know, he maybe thinks, hey, he's not going to be able to seal the guy inside. So uh, I'm running to the outside. is just I'm just going to run out of bounds. So I need to cut it up and go. But it seems like on the plays that he needs to run with power, just knock a guy over, he tries to cut. And then other times when um, – um, he doesn't cut. It's like he should have, you know, it's just, again, I don't know. I, I don't want to second guess him. I mean, yeah, 4.6 yards of carries, a good day. It's not a great day. As you say, I mean, nine carries, 43 yards, almost five yards of carry, but not where he, not where he, it's not eight and a half where he could be. So I almost think he's, it's like an identity crisis. It's like, dude, are you going to be that big power, powerful back? Or are you going to be the kind of, don't be the yin to Dejan Edwards' yang. Be the thunder to Kenny Milton's lightning. You know, just you have that body. And I know you, you when you see your quarterback breaking guys' ankles, you know, well, I can do it better than him. No, just plow these guys over. You're such a beast, and you've got that nice angle when he runs. I just think he can flatten some people. So that's my take. And again, I don't, I don't want to second guess him, but I'm just thinking it's like, it's almost like I see two different styles out there, kind of going back and going bef between them. He he reminds me right now of Richard Samuel almost in like a sense that, that mm. like mm. it's <laughs> no man. Don't remember Richard Samuel's a great guy, but that's a guy that played eighteen different positions for Georgia. Look, Richard Linebacker, Samuel, pullback, water boy, ticket taker. Saying, they they run 
very similar. That's how I that's how I feel about it right now. I'll continue to I, unless there's some I haven't seen it. Uh, he, he looks like Richard Samuel to me. Jason, I know you kind of gapped at that, but that's what uh, just I, uh, I I I never thought Richard Samuel got a maybe maybe I'm naive in this. I just I just thought all the position moving. They clearly saw something that he wasn't. Uh, going to be a, a, a relevant running back and kept moving him around. But I, w- I would have liked it if he could have been able to stay at running back. Um, I know they had some depth issues at the time and why he, that's why he got moved to linebacker. But, uh, you know, I mean, Richard Samuel was this this five-star. Everybody was excited about him when he came in, and and it just didn't work out. I guess the, the similar uh, thing can be said about Kendall Milton. Um, but it is interesting right now where uh, Georgia's had this run where uh, it kind of culminated almost with Sony and Nick, and and then and then Swift had a year. And honestly, Swift is playing better in the NFL than I think he did at Georgia. He's peaking now, yeah. and Which is crazy because he was really good at Georgia. Right, exactly. But you now like this this next group, they're not up to what we've really become used to. And that's not to say they can't get there. I think McIntosh is the closest. Uh, and perhaps he, he can end up being like Swift, where when his time is done at Georgia, he continues to to move on an upward uh, trajectory. But um, yeah, I, I just – right now you don't have that that guy. Like, I mean, like Chubb, any carry, he could take it. And then before Chubb, it was Gurley. Any, any carry, he could take it. And they just don't have that right now. They have they have an electric player in Kenny McIntosh in the passing game who can make some plays in the run game, and and that's really why I'm wondering. Okay, maybe it's time for Branson Robinson to get going. Maybe it's time to see what he can do against first team defenses because um, you don't have that home run hitter at running back at the present time. I also think though, to Amari's point, it's on the screen right here. He says Milton's trying to hit a home run every play. Very well could be true, but. And, and the reason for it is, I don't know if you guys were watching the watch long show with Coach Donnan, but I think it was right after Dajan uh, busted, I want to say, let's see, what was his longest run of the day, 21 yards, something like that, 17 yards. He busted a 17-yard run, and then Coach jokingly said, all right, he's coming off the field now. And sure enough, he came, he was pulled. He was off the field. They put another running back in. So maybe that's what Kendall's trying to do. He's trying to create that home run play every play so he can – get his yards, get his points and things like that. Cause he That's knows point. I mean, he knows that maybe two, he's got two plays on a, a whole series before he gets to go back in again. You know, it, yeah. you know we're, we're trying to psychoanalyze him, you know, from a thousand miles away. So I can't get to his head, but I almost wish he would commit to be that like one cut guy or commit to just be that power back. And I think that, uh, People keep wanting to see – I mean, how many people said we'd like to see Dejon Edwards need to be number two? Yeah. It's because he comes through there with explosion. Now, he doesn't have the size to move anybody. He's a little guy, you know. So he's going to have that explosion. But you get that with Kenny McIntosh. Kenny takes off out of the backfield like a shot, you know. Uh, Branson Robinson, I don't think he's got quite that that burst, you know, but he's got some power. But I think Robinson, even though it's his freshman year, he's kind of comfortable in his skin because he's like – Okay, I, I mean, I squat Buicks for a living. You know, I'm not going to try to cut on anybody. I'm just going to drag them with me. And I think that um, you almost just want to take Kendall and go, you're a big boy. You're, you're a low to tackle. If you run it hard, straight up field, you know, yeah, we might yank you, but 
when you come in in the third and fourth quarters and these guys are tired, now, especially on the other we, – we said before the game there would be a lot of inside zone runs. Yep. That, that's your guy for those inside zones, man. He's going to take it and just kill. You know, and they rent with all those counters. You know, you got the, the guard, the tackle coming and pulling and just run behind those guys with power. You only got to beat one guy. You and I'm just like, you're going to have these, you're going to just gash them. So uh, I, I, I hate to sound like I'm trying to read the guy, guy's mind, but I, I just feel like it's uh, one play, he is that guy. The next play, he's not. Maybe it's the play called, maybe it's the way that it's blocked. But I just feel I like mean, it's not going back and forth. Like I said, you take which it's not fair to do. He had no, he not. had forty one he had forty one yards. But you take that one twenty seven yard run out of there, and then he averaged one point seven five yards a carry. There was somewhere he got popped in the backfield. There was somewhere he had like one or two yard gains. He just wasn't getting off that la- that first block. Well, there were uh, some missed blocks too. Oh, definitely. I'm not going to blame him. But my point being is, <clears throat> okay, you only got a two yard carry this time. You only got a two yard carry, but. That robber in the middle of the field, that uh, hit man, the guy that, that's that free safety, strong safety that's playing all over. He, he's basically playing inside out, watching the ball wherever it goes. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, here comes number two. Oh, I don't think I couldn't make it, coach. I tried <laughs> as fast as I could get over there, but he just happened to blow by me because the last time I tackled him for a two yard loss, I had to pull his face mask out of my chest. And, you know, I don't care who you are, eventually you get tired of tackling a guy like that. So, and then you get that 27-yarder, which is why I said it's not fair to pull it out, which you you agreed, you know, because yeah, no, sometimes no. it's, you know, it's punch, punch, then uppercut, you know, and mm-hmm. you got to take out his uppercut when he knocked the guy out. You know, let's <laughs> talk about all the other ones that were just softening yeah. him up. No, it's he's got that. He's got that. He does. He does. Absolutely. I'm just, I just think, and I, I, I think that a lot of people are, just curious why this is happening. So and well, again, that, Ryan, that's been their rotate. That's been their philosophy with the rotation and um, ever. It's been that way since, has it been that way since Dell started pretty much? Yeah. Since Kirby showed up, they've uh, cause even Nick and Sony, I mean, they were getting Nick, Nick would get 24, 25 carries and then they showed up and they were splitting, you know, 15, 15 and, seven uh, and yeah, seven for Swift. I mean, they, they really want three, four backs to to get touches and a lot of it uh you can just tell it's for uh you know if you're playing 15 games in a season you want to keep guys fresh for the entire year but you yeah i mean there are moments where certain running backs they get better if you keep feeding them the ball and so that's the drawback so on one hand you're keeping guys fresh for games for the season on the other hand um you you end up maybe stunting momentum here and there by going like one in one out one in one out. It's, or, it's such a rhythm position. Yeah. yeah, you stunt momentum, or you do like I said, where every play you want to get in yeah. there and make that home run so you can get your yards, you can get your shine because you know you're not coming back in for a few more. Right, and I mean, what, these, what you doing? and these guys, they they can say they don't, but they care. I mean, a lot of it they, yeah. they they want to put numbers up for the NFL. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you? Well, how do you get that Beats uh, deal if you don't have numbers, you know? Exactly. You're, well, you're marketable. He's very well, marketable. He's a very yeah, marketable. marketable. Yeah. And, again, that's going to be one of the, the – every coach I've talked to said, you know, managing a team and all the different cliques and all the different personalities was tough before. But when you get a kid showing up who already has an NIL deal and now it's like with the pros, you're like, Coach, i got to get my touches because, you know, are they going to pull my sponsorship, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying this has nothing to do with Kendall Miller. Right, right. But that pressure these guys are under now, it's like, oh, now, hey, now they're all getting paid. It's easier on them. No, when you get paid, people expect more. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I don't pay Paul to do the show. 
So, you know, I don't have any sort of expectation, but Jason has to bring it, you know, because that's how it works. Yeah. So. Oh, man, I'm going to pull speaking, my chain off. Yeah, I was like, speaking of which, uh, some stories are coming in, so I'm going to have to hop off and uh, do that part of the job. But um, it's been a pleasure talking to y'all. And I, I see Eddie, Eddie in the lobby, so I'll let him replace me. Oh, you can see the lobby now? Oh, yeah, you can. Cause yeah, because I'm, I'm doing stuff now. Oh, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I tried to keep that away from you for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you, buddy. <laughs> See you, man. See ya. Let's bring on Eddie. Bring him uh, up, and I'm gonna, uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to go find our friends over at uh, uh, the free bottle of bourbon that we're giving away. Because Eddie was on the show last week when uh, he showed us that uh, fiddler. And I have the I have the link. I have the link uh, for the free bourbon, Roddy. It is in the yeah. description. Now we're going to give you the their their award winning fiddler. Um, so basically. Because, and I'm going to give Eddie all the credit for this. Uh, uh, he, really? He showed the bottle last week, and I sent a screenshot of that to our friends at Fiddler, at ASW Distillery. He said, look, you know, we got people that are, based on our recommendations, are going out and buying this stuff. So why don't, if you want to make it even more exciting, why don't we give away a bottle each week? They go, hell, that's a great idea. So we're <laughs> going to be giving away a bottle each week. And what we will do is it'll be on a Friday Oh, excuse me. Today we will announce the link. We'll put the link in there. Everybody can enter in to get the bottle of Fiddler. On Friday, the, the it will end. Okay, so you got a week to get your name in. On Saturday, next Saturday, we will announce the winner. Now we did launch this particular giveaway a couple days early, just because I wanted to be able to put it into my column yesterday. So, but we were we will put the link on in the comments right now. Click on that link and go put your name in for a free bottle of award-winning Fiddler Bourbon. Five of their six people who founded this company are all Georgia fans, all Georgia grads. So it is distilled by dogs for dogs. So this award-winning bourbon is fantastic. Eddie, I'm sure you tried it. Let us know what you think. Yeah, that's yeah, which one did you get, Eddie? That one. That one. The Resurgence? No, I'm sorry. Keep going. It, it was that, that one. That one. Yeah. That, that's the one I got. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good stuff. Excellent. It's gone. <laughs> there you go. You just got it last week. Yeah. Well, he, he was he was hanging out with he was hey he was having a darty. Remember Roddy? He was yeah. having a darty, a little day party up there with the boys. Yep. So they got right. rid of it. I about that. Right. They got rid of it. Eddie, man, what's going on? Fans' perspective coming in 30, 39, 22. Did you go to the game? No. Okay. Thirty-nine twenty-two. Uh, what do you think? Besides well, the before I get to that, yeah, SEC, before I get to that, uh, thanks for having me on. And I'm back in my uh, championship corner here. And I have a new addition, if you guys can see this. Hold on. Uh, let me see. Ah, there it is, right there. So oh, I got nice. the, painting, the Leap of Faith painted by uh, Noah Stokes. And I had it framed. Can oh, you see painted. it? Yeah. That's pretty it sick. sick. So, yeah, that's pretty uh, sick nice addition to our uh, championship corner here so yeah um well first of all uh, i wanted to say this to jason but he's off uh, we do have a running back that can take it to the house and hits home runs number 19. <laughs> you know i i didn't i, I didn't want to rush it that's not a joke really i mean i didn't i didn't want to bring it up like that but uh he might be your fourth best running back you know i mean he I mean, yeah. So you you have you He's have your leader today, yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking about that too. Like when Kenny Mack went down, right? And obviously, it's not as bad as we 
we initially thought because he's limping over to the sidelines your your head starts going into crazy places right mm-hmm. oh my goodness he's going to be out for the year what does georgia do oh my yeah. god and then the shot goes back to the field and it's brock bowers lining up a tight end and i'm like hmm i wonder right i wonder if things went sideways if if kenny mack went out could they i, I don't know Oscar, i mean yeah i mean he's one of the best athletes on the field in my opinion what do you think Eddie? He played some running back in high school, did he not? They lined him yeah. up there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a freak. We yeah. saw it today. He had two. He had two rushing touchdowns today. He he might be leading the team in rushing touchdowns. Hold on, Eddie. Go ahead and talk it up on that. I'm going to look this up. Go ahead. Well, while you're saying that, since we're still on Brock Bowers, I wanted to ask you guys. I think he did. Do y'all think that Brock Bowers leaped over Stetson Bennett in the running for the Heisman? Because this kid is an absolute – he really should have had a receiving touchdown on top of everything else. I think he was out, what, at the inch line or something like that. This kid is an absolute freak job, and he changes the game. I did. And, again, everyone wants to say, look, it's, you know, only quarterbacks can win it, and I get that. If Kyle Pitts didn't win as a tight end, then nobody will. Fair, you know, I I get that too. But my point is this is a guy that a lot of – and I hate to say it because a lot of the people in our network, at the Rylos Network, are Heisman voters, but – Heisman voters aren't the brightest, but they love they like a good uh, clip. And when you show him taking in and around, you know, reverses for touchdowns and 75-yard TDs and 78-yard receiving TDs, uh, you know, just all the different stuff that he can do, it starts to go off. And I noticed, to your point, I uh, typed out as kind of a running joke we do it on Twitter. I'm like, uh, you know, Brock Bowers for Heisman. I sent that out twice and then – you know, we only did it once for Stet, and Stet had a great play, but he's not – today wore not Heisman Trophy numbers for Stets, but he had that great lead that – again, another highlight reel. So when the guys are trying to decide who to vote for, they look at the highlight clips a lot of times and look at the stats they put up. Brock Bowers is putting up numbers each week. I mean, another multi-game um, uh, scoring uh, – performance you know it's not often that a hell not often that anybody has multiple tds you know but he's this another game in which he's had two so yeah i think if you're running a campaign right now you run it on your sophomore tight end who as long as he stays healthy and he's tough he got banged up a little bit but stayed in there um hell he didn't win the mackey so this would be a nice uh <laughs> consolation prize for him to win a uh, heisman so brock's leaving so Brock's leading the team right now in uh, reception, uh, receiving yards. He's got 276 with two touchdowns. That's the most on the team. And then rushing, he has three rushing touchdowns. Stetson's the only one ahead of him with four. And then wow. uh, Kendall Milton actually has three as well. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's not crazy. And I know somebody put in here uh, in the chat. Let's see where to say, yeah. Said, "LOL, you're not going to line your star tight up, tight end up at running back." I'm just saying you could. There yeah, wouldn't could. be a drop off, and you could have Delp take his spot on the line and put Darnell Washington there, and you'd be just fine. Um, you definitely need a running back more than you need a tight end with with Washington and Delp being there. So, just what I'm thinking. I was telling you, Derek Henry could have been a hell of a tight end if he wanted to be. Oh yeah, or outside linebacker, or whatever he wanted. But, but point being, I, I kind of joked earlier today. What if you saw, you know, after five games, Kenny McIntosh is your leading receiver and Brock Bowers is your leading rusher? You know, just like, yeah, yeah, you, you wouldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't believe it. The Kenny Mack was the leading receiver after two games. So, right. 
But I think, over the, I think over the length of the season, uh, I don't think it's going to bear out that way because, no. you know, next week it may be Ladd McConkey goes off and Brock Bowers has two catches for 19 yards or something and Darnell Washington's making a touchdown. You know, I just think the way Munkin does this offense, it's everybody – and A.D. Mitchell's going to come back too. That may take away some catches from him, you know, or, or runs or whatever. So I, I think over the long haul, it's probably going to be Stetson Bennett if we have a player that's possibly in the Heisman race. Uh, not to interject, but KD makes a good point, guys. 160 of you guys in here, 26 likes. If you could like this video, it helps us out a ton with the algorithm for folks on YouTube that are looking for content, uh, that especially Georgia football content, it helps put this onto their YouTube page. If you could like this video, that would be amazing, and it helps us out a ton. If you're not already subscribed to the largest Georgia football YouTube on YouTube, that makes no sense. What do you call it? Georgia football page? Channel. Channel. Oh, thanks, Roddy. Yeah, that's why I, I uh, don't get paid here. Um, but <laughs> Dude, I'm not even paying attention. I was looking, trying to catch a score in this uh, Florida-Tennessee thing. I was trying to flip back and forth. but I, Apparently, I uh, Florida just scored a touchdown. That's what I was trying to watch, play. but I'm like, I can't streak. How many people did not watch today's game? Oh, I couldn't man. get it on a laptop or iPad or whatever. I bet a lot of people didn't. I mean, yeah. Man. So, so here's here's the good thing though is I have Hulu, and so this made it. This year it was free. You could watch it. Last right. year you had to pay, and I had to buy a month membership to watch them play. I forgot who it was. It's not even. It wasn't even memorable. Um, and. And that, this year, luckily, it was with Hulu. So I think a lot more people got to watch than last. Last year was like half the half the people didn't watch the game. They did, they had no no idea what was going on. Um, I'm just curious uh, if people stayed to watch uh, the whole game, or did they start switching over to that Mizzou? Did you guys see the ending of that Mizzou Auburn game? No, I, I was on my way over here and I heard it. I, oh my I did. God. I so, so, so Auburn ends up winning, right? They end up oh, winning yeah. and uh 17-14. Missouri gets the, the ball. There's one minute left, make a great one-handed catch uh down to the three-yard line. Then they kneel the ball twice, get it, use Auburn's last timeout, two seconds left. They go out there to kick a 26-yard field goal, and Missouri's kicker shanks it to the right. Oh. Uh and they lost. They ended up losing 17-14 to Auburn. Oh, uh, they, they were at the two-yard line. They had all the momentum in the world. They could have scored the touchdown. Auburn had no timeouts left. Instead, they just kneeled it down, let their kicker go out there and not win them the game. It was whew, It was rough. Well, when you play awful football, that's what happens. It is. It is. And Georgia gets to see both those teams very soon. Go ahead, Ryan. Speaking, speaking of awful, uh, yeah, you, I, I tweeted out that uh, Georgia didn't punt all day. And our Missouri publisher hit me up. He's like, because he's covering the Missouri Auburn game. He's like, man, we got plenty of punts up here to spare. You know? yeah. <laughs> Just come on. So that was a punt fest. But uh, speaking of awful, Guatemala Mike says he was able to watch it, uh, but the coverage was terrible. I don't know who's producing that game, but that was a shit show when it comes to, hey, look, here's here's a close up of somebody in the audience. Oh, by the way, yeah, that plays over. You know, it was. Coach Donna, because he likes to see the all twenty-two. He was about to lose his damn mind. It was just awful. There was awful. a there, there was a play where I think they were doing a replay, and then uh, Kent State ran for a first down for like fifteen yards. Or long, and you hear the announcers are like, "It's the longest rush of the day," and you, we don't get to watch it. We don't get yeah. to see it. <laughs> and then they have to go back three or four plays later, and they're like. Here's that run. It's like, dude, what is going on? Hey, can uh, I interject here? I want to ask Roddy. Well, Paul, you may know. I don't know. Roddy. No, Roddy knows everything. I don't know. Well, Roddy's probably a little closer to the program. 
They would never in a million years admit this or project this to their players. But when a team like Georgia is going into a week against Samford, against Kent State, is there a different type of preparation for these games? Not something that they would be like, you know, they're running vanilla plays in practice, but is it a little bit different than as opposed to in a few weeks when you're going against Auburn? Because it's a, it's a lesser tier opponent. No, and I, I don't say that as trying to cover up for UGA, but uh, I think it was against Samford week two. He was like, okay, this is Samford. This is a small private Christian college in Alabama. You know, this. yeah, you're friends with the head coach, but, you know, this should, should be 70 to nothing type thing. Uh, I think it was that week that Kirby, when he met with the media after practice, just goes – Yesterday we had the best practice all year. Today was the worst practice and just chewed him. And I've known some people are like, I'm going to tell you, he's going to jump all over the case. If they go out there and kind of half-ass it, he's going to – he's gonna, he'll be public about it. And we have people who, you know, who go to the practice and they're like, man, I know it's just Kent State week or Samford week or Little Children of the Poor week, but Kirby was chewing and then they'll name like six, seven starters that he absolutely blistered during the week. So – uh, it, it sounds like a cliche when they come out and talk about playing to the standard, you know, and how they weren't excited about, you know, like the second half of the Sanford game, how they were disappointed, you know, and they were mad that South Carolina scored on them in the, you know, on the third, fourth string defense. But that is when Kirby talks about buy-in, he talks about it in, in keeping up that standard and going just as hard because if anything, though, to your point, if all of a sudden they're like, okay, we've got Kent State wrapped up. You know, we feel good on at the end of Tuesday's practice. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're comfortable here. All right, now what Kent State does is a lot of the same stuff that Tennessee does. So we're going to keep working this because we're going to see that same defense against or that same offense. Like uh, right. when you have those two guys lined up on the far, far, you know, they're almost out of bounds and they're stacked. And then they both take off and they throw, throw to a guy behind them. Both those guys, you see, you saw Nolan Smith run over there to try to take on both of them. And I think yeah. it was like Kamari Laster or Malachi Starks had to come up and try to make the tackle. But one of those guys peeled off and picked him up. And mm-hmm. no one's like, look, man, I'm taking up both of them. You got to make the tackle. You know, don't let – I'm trying not to let them climb to you, you know. So uh, it's – because even if it is a Kent State, they are going to practice just as hard to beat Florida in a few days or in a few weeks, you know, or to beat Auburn because you can take the same stuff over. So – now, again, that's what I'm told, and that this is from, you know, if, if I told you, hey, they kind of just threw their helmets out there and take took it as easy week, you know I'd say it. I, I'm not going to defend them. I break bad news and bad press. Yeah. You know? no, I, did, I didn't mean that. I, no, I'm I just saying, but I mean, that's that, from what yeah, I they, ask people, and they're like, no, they, they practice hard. Okay, but I, I really meant is the preparation more vanilla, and I think the biggest challenge going into these types of games, and we saw it today, 12 o'clock kick, you're playing Kent State, how do you motivate your kids who just came off a massive win out in South Carolina for an SEC win? Now we're playing Kent State flashes. Oh, you know, I think it's really hard from a mental perspective to get these kids up, motivated to play. And it showed today, right? I mean, they were just. It, but that's, what, that's my point. It is, though, you don't do it by the game. That's why he says, look, we're going to practice to the practice of the standard, but. This is what we're going to do. So if you came out and we went vanilla and again, you know, they, they won't, run everything vanilla, but it's like if even if we're running vanilla plays, we track every, you know, every one of these skill guys with a GPS. And all right. of a sudden you're down three miles per hour versus you were versus South Carolina. Yeah, you're not with the ones today. I want you to go, you're you're third in the rotation. You know, 
So you know how bad that would suck, like playing yeah. high school sports, and then like because there were days when I didn't want to practice, right? No, and, <laughs> and, you knew, you know, you and were there's playing a like GPS a, attached a garbage team. team. You're like, man, we got yeah. this. And the, the star guy doesn't like show up for Tuesday's practice because he had a dentist appointment or some shit like right. that, you know. And it's like. uh or the, the the star defensive player is always on the sideline getting his hammy worked on because he doesn't need to really worry about it this week, you know. Yeah. It's just that's my point is they they gauge you throughout all the practices, and even if you're going to run vanilla plays, you still better do it lightning quick because everything yeah, would, can tattletale on you. They, every snap is recorded, and they just that. grill you if you if you screw up or slack. Well, I, I will say this: I, I guarantee they go out there and they destroy Missouri. Because Kirby's going to use this game just like he used Samford a couple weeks ago. This team yeah. isn't as good as Missouri. I mean, uh, Missouri isn't as good as this team. Well, it might not be uh, a bad example, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting it's the Michigan he, game all over he, again. He can use this game. It's Samford all over again. Yeah, exactly. and, on, and on the road. You know, Georgia plays well with less attractions. It's me, Kirby Kai from yeah. 7 6. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that 7 6? Yeah, it's the 7 6. Yeah. And, and so when. Crazy. When Chance sent this to me, he was like, I sent this one not really knowing, like, this. you could wear this for the Kent State week. And lo and behold, we've got Kirby as a Kirby Kai as a snake. Sweep the leg. Yeah. He, uh, I'm wearing mine. I always wear this one, you know. The- yeah. he's So Kirby Kai is coming out this week. Want to give a shout-out to JQ, though. We appreciate that uh, $5 donation, man. We uh, definitely appreciate that. You didn't put a message with me. I got a message for J- uh, Jason Butt. Let us know. What would you say? I got to get a background for Jason Butt. Oh, I need, I need that five bucks. Thank you, Jakey. Anybody else want to contribute to the Jason butt? Uh, no, I like I like Jason's African painting back there. That's yeah, all. I don't, I don't know what that thing. Yeah, is. we're gonna get a UGA Sports logo behind him. It's cool, yeah. but you know, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, but it's I I turn on the daily recap and I'm like, is he in the library or is he at his house? <laughs> where, where where is he doing this from? And and Eddie asked him one day on the show. He asked him, he said, "Where's this?" And it's a really cool story. It's a fresh painting from africa and things like that but it's just it gets me every time like is he in a library is i know he lives in dc he's in, is he like a, he's in the law library right right yeah, yeah up there some dc college or something like that no in georgia that was the place when we when i was in school the law library was where you went to be like really quiet and get some studying it may have changed i don't know yeah when when i went i don't know for you roddy it was the i didn't study much but the sci so the science library. I had a buddy that is now a doctor. So he had like this really cool corner in the science library that nobody could mess with you in, but it smelled like old books and like rotten there. So it was, it was probably a reason why, but um, that's where we went to study. Roddy, where'd you go? Did you go study, Roddy? Okay. Like journal's a major. What do I study? Yeah, I mean, I was too, but like you had to, you had, we had to do com law in our last semester. Yeah, that's true. It did com law. Uh, just a fight with Dr. Lee. Yeah. Nah, he, he killed me every day. Uh, I was like seventh floor of the main library, some way up there. They had some uh, those little individual kiosks that I think the grad students can reserve for like the entire quarter. Or oh, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd always be one unlocked. Yeah. Like, okay, thanks. Using your spot. So. Yeah, they, they had some of those big rooms. It was really fun uh, in the SLC. It's the MLC now, the Learning Center. They had those big rooms with the boards in there. You can get in there for like a uh, economics class and just write stuff all over the boards. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, back to the chat, though. Talk about Bear. 
Josh Skelton says uh, Bear had a key goal line block for that late touchdown. He was in at fullback instead of Jalen. He was. He didn't really block like with intention, though. He just ran at the guy, and I think he hit him with his legs and like his stomach. But he was in there. He he blocked him. Then it's good to see Bear getting more snaps, Eddie, because I think I really, really think that they're going to need Bear uh, moving forward, and he's going to play. I think you're going to see his snaps. We do the snap count each week. Trent does over on UJ Sports. I think you're going to see his snaps continue to go uh, in the upward direction as opposed to down. Yeah, well, that that was the one thing that I was concerned about today is that um, you didn't have the opportunity to get a Carson Beck in the game or any of those other, you know, Bennett was in until almost the end of the game. And and <clears throat> what did we play like 80 kids last week? And this week, I, I don't know what the count is, but it's it's going to be a lot less. It that's, is going to be a lot less. Yeah, that's the thing that distresses me. But I, I was glad to see Big Bear in there because I, I don't know if it was you or Jason who was talking about the interior of the line. I'm with you. I, I don't see it without Jalen Carter right now. It's just not as intimidating, as aggressive as it was last year. And we, we knew that kind of, but without Jalen Carter, there's a severe drop off to me. It just is not, they're not pushing that line backwards. It's just, it's just kind of a scrum right now. And that's not good. When did Michael come out of the game? You See that I don't know. I mean, I kind of we mentioned in the watch along that he wasn't in there, and uh, I didn't think much of it because they were doing I so much either. rotation. Yeah. And then uh, I was asked after the game, "Hey, what's up with him? He didn't return." I'm like, "Oh crap!" So that's when we started digging around and found out that he had the thumb injury, and you know, and Kirby Smart is typical not giving you any information. Oh, he's fine. He played. I'm like, well, that that's not the question, you know. Right. How is he now? And he said he said he'd be okay, but yeah, you know, uh, he didn't cover the fact that there was a thumb injury there that. Kind of kept him out, but again, for folks who are just joining us at the with the post game over reaction show, we kind of mentioned it going into this uh, game that Georgia's maybe not as you know you saw all the pundits going there's Georgia and there's everybody else you know and it's not even close and this team could this team be better than last year I'm like no it can't be because mainly the the great part of Georgia's defense last year was along that defensive front you know and when you had Jordan Davis. Devontae Wyatt and Jalen Carter out there at the same time. That's pretty great. Now you take out two first-round draft picks on the defensive line and you replace them with Zion Logan, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, and Nazir Stackhouse, and uh, Bill Norton, and uh, Tramel Walther. Those guys are great players, but they're not first-round draft picks. And you saw that today when Jalen Carter didn't play a whole lot. You know, this team was able to run on you. Now if you get him back, you have a huge uh, puzzle piece back but you still don't have that supporting cast that he did last year. So teams double team him. And then now you're fighting to see the other guys get off blocks and such. So um, getting, getting bear in there could be really good and getting my is a big step up, you know, Nolan Smith can only do so much. So um, I think when we pointed out the fact that Jalen Carter doesn't have the support staff and then he's not out there. Well, crap. Now you're with a lot of, uh, I don't say plan B guys, but you just, you don't have your defensive stars out there and it showed against Kent state. Uh, just so we're clear on the predictions, I did put Georgia would win like 50 something to zero, but my secondary, my bold prediction was three sacks, six tackles for loss. Georgia had three sacks, five tackles for loss. Pretty. pretty was that all in the first half? Cause or the first uh, quarter. Yeah, it was it was mainly in the yeah. Uh, JDJ Pop uh, had his two sacks in the first quarter. I think he had his other tackle for loss in the first quarter. 
And then you had a sack from Nolan Smith, which resulted in tackle for loss. And you had one uh, tackle for loss by Bill Norton. So I think Bills was in the uh, the second half, but all the rest of those were in the the first half. So and we're averaging forty two, right? Isn't that right, Paul? Uh, so yeah. my prediction so far is right. So yeah, 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 you're. But here's the thing, Eddie, and and what folks, if you don't know what Eddie's talking about, uh, if what was our number again, Eddie? Forty. Forty. Yeah, under forty. Eddie's got to buy me a steak dinner. Over forty points per game for the season. Uh, I buy Eddie a steak dinner. So hey, right I, now, I'm this right now, I'm in trouble because yeah. I was yeah. counting this game in Sanford to up that number a lot. Yes, yes. As well as saying we're getting into SEC time, Eddie. So uh, good luck. And who knows? They might be able to. I mean, they scored 39 today, but yeah, you were definitely looking. That was I was thinking about that too. You were looking for like 55 today. Oh yeah, you, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. So um, here's Katie. That's okay. Crystal makes a nice steak burger. I'll get you that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Katie says, we got to talk about Tate. He's struggling on that O-line. Is it the turf toe or is he just not as good as we thought he might be? I don't know. Uh, Tate struggled a little bit today. Trust struggled a little bit today. Trust got pulled at one point. Uh, Trust had a pulled or was it a rotation thing? I know. I think he got pulled after that penalty. He got pulled. Um, And then – he was obviously he got put back in though. Uh, but you had Willick play some snap. You had Erickson come in there uh, at right guard. I want to say on the last drive, I know Van Pran Granger was still in there at center. I want to say Erickson was at right guard. Uh, but and Mar, hey, here's here he is, Marlon Green, our man. Said guards looking off. When Marlon says something, you got to listen. The uh, the guards did not. He's both those guys are right. I don't know if there's a problem there so to speak but i don't know also roddy i was thinking about this as i was watching it i don't know if georgia's found its five yet i don't know if georgia's found its true five if you ask kirby to give you an honest answer and say those five guys you run on the field with are those your five for the rest of the season i don't think he could say yes i mean he's got the same five starting each game so yeah but they're not if it's four games in and it's still the same five then you got your five, but you also have a six and a seven. You know, you're going to bring in a Marius Mims pretty quickly. You know, like I got to get him out there. And then they bring in Willick all the time. Willick actually, they, there was a nice run behind Willick. With, and all those guys were pulling. And I think it's not so much, um, hey, we got to yank this guy, yank that guy. It's, okay, we're running these counters. You know, that's, that's a lot of running for a big boy. And, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff downfield. Uh, Let's keep fresh legs in there. If we're going to change running backs, even though, you know, he just picked up 17 yards and then he picked up eight yards, let's yank him and put in another guy, fresh set of legs. Well, is it so much to say when the difference between Xavier Truss and Devin Willick is a hair's breadth? Okay, let's pull Truss and put Willick in there and give him a breather. And then hey, let's uh, take Warren McClendon out and put in Marius Mims because the gap between those two guys is minuscule. And uh, so that, you know, in a couple, couple of snaps, we rotate him back out again. So, again, I don't know if it's a good philosophy, but I don't know that it's so much. To me, it seems like you're rotating to get guys in instead of taking guys out. I guess my point with that, though, is throughout Kirby's tenure, that has not been the case. He's kept his same five guys in there, unless there's been an injury. There, yeah, he had, when he started out his first year here, he met a guard and thought it was a fullback. You know? He, did, he didn't have the, the bodies, you know. He's like – his right. first press conference was like, we got to get bigger on the on the lines dramatically. It's like the first thing he said. You know, we talk about the status of the team. He's like, 
he's he at, ten, at Alabama. He's like, look, I know we can run over you guys because you're all little. Yeah, you know? I remember so that. He's, he had to pull but, in a uh, lineman from Rhode Island. Let's not forget that. Right? Yeah, you know. He oh was like, God, I got to bring in Tyler Catalina to you know mm-hmm. shore things up here. But now all of a sudden you had great, great, great years of lineman recruiting. So you know when you have a Jared Wilson or a, a Austin Blasky and a Dylan Fairchild, you know, chomping at Micah Morris trying to get in there. But, you know, Devin Willick is trying to hold off uh, – or Xavier Trust is trying to hold off Devin Willick. And Warren Erickson, who was your starter last year, gets banged up. And he could play – he played guard most of the year. But Tate Ratledge comes back. In other words, you have a log jam of offensive linemen. It's a good problem. Mm-hmm. So maybe you are pulling it to put – because you got a great guy right behind him. But I also think it's – I don't want these guys transferring. We just did the story last week about Amarius Mims going down to Florida State because he's like – he's frustrated as a freshman not getting on the field. You know? I, I can see it from both sides. I, I just – I haven't seen Kirby do this You should see it from my side because I'm right. <laughs> I have no idea. Again, I really don't know what was going on there. So the, the question about, you know, Tate Radish today, that will be very interesting to see how the grades come out because sometimes – well, was it two weeks ago? It was like, oh, Tate Radish got blown up, you know. Well, no, someone stepped – his the guy next to him went the wrong way, stood on his foot, and he got hit and fell backwards, you know. If you've got Cedric Van Pran or uh, Amarius Mims standing on your foot and a defensive lineman hits you, there's not a whole lot of places you can go when your foot's stapled to the ground, So, except backwards. Yeah, but I, I think Roddy raises a good point to what you're asking, Paul, that Kirby couldn't do this in years prior because it was the no. starting five up here, right? And the, the guy behind him is way down. I'm, I'm, you, you get what I'm getting at, way yeah. down here. Now they're all, what do you say, six or seven? They're all right about here, and he can rotate them in, and he's still trying to get that offensive line to gel and figure out who the best of the five. I think it's a great situation, right? I mean, this line doesn't have to gel and be all together right now. If it takes till Florida and we get the five there, fine. I don't think that's a problem. Yeah. Do you think this five they've, – they've been the five starting for all four games. Do you think this is the five that starts – you know, when you get to Kentucky, Roddy? No, I don't. I, I think it's going to change. I think it's going to. I think it's going to change. I'm just trying to think. I mean, do you do you pull Tate Ratledge? I don't see it. Uh, do you pull Xavier Truss? I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna stick with him right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey guys, Let's I'm gonna see. get off. Um, All right, Eddie. I'll go cook dinner and. Uh, Hang out, watch uh, Florida. Wait, before I get off, who do y'all want to win? Florida. It's a, this is a horrible question because it's like you know we hate them both so much. Who do y'all want to win? Florida or Tennessee? Oh man, yeah, I know. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? It's like and they tie. It's like which I guess, of the children I, you love the most, but the exact opposite version uh, of that, you know. I guess I guess Tennessee just because if con- Tennessee continues to roll, then. Probably they'll be undefeated against Georgia, so yeah. it makes for a. They, I would assume they'll be top eight, top seven, top five, maybe even. Right. So it would make for a really big matchup. Probably Tennessee. Roddy. Yeah, it's tough for me to pull for the Gators just because you know covered that game so many times is just a, a tough. But at the same time, uh, Florida to me seems my, more like the flawed team. Yes. So I can expect them to lose more somewhere else along the way. Consequently, yes. If Florida wins, I'm fine with that. Tennessee wins, I'm fine with that. And it'd be fun to 
Florida barely, you know, won some of their games. They, they could lose one here or there. It'd just be a lot easier to – but then, again, Florida is kind of who you're going head-to-head with for more recruits. So, I don't know, pulling for the asteroid, the meteor, <laughs> take out the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, Nuclear it's such a, t- Let's go it's such a tough question. Let's go meteor of death. You know? <laughs> That's All right, Eddie. Anyway. We'll see you, my man. Thank see you, guys. Man. All right, brother. We got uh, Brent Rollins, Ph.D., <laughs> <laughs> Brent, you know, in, in times like this, there's sometimes you win, Brent, and then there's games like this where sometimes you learn. I mean, it's pretty appropriate, right? I should have probably put that in my column. <laughs> yeah, because this game was a learning experience for the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, what was funny about it was, like, so I had I had my title. I had things laid out for the sort of post-game piece, and then I hear Curry say we needed this on the – right on the post-game interview, because I had typed, we needed that. I thought, oh, I'm going to say, hey, that on his way, you know, to the coaches and to his wife on the way home that he says, hey, we needed that. Well, no, he instantly said it in the post-game interview on ESPN that we needed this. And I think that's that's true. You got a, you know, you got a young team. I mean, mean, you think about it from an experience and playing experience standpoint, this is still a young team. Yeah. And they learned about, hey, what it's like when a team who – doesn't mind playing the big boys. Yeah, you need that game like you need jock hits, though. That just sucks, man. (laughs) (laughs) I No, I get his point. And uh, Coach Donna during the watch-along show was saying the same thing. He's like, look, this is a game where you can teach some guys. And uh, you you can get more buy-in because you can go to each of your stars and say, you did not execute your assignment. You dropped this. You missed here. You did that. And so there's a lot you can clean up from that. But I'm like, I still think you'd be fine to have a great game. To me, though, it, the, the bigger worry is coming out with some injuries. And uh, for those people that were asking there, it looks like Kenny McIntosh had a big thigh bruise. Uh, we were able to break that on the show that uh, he had to basically got dead-legged, you know, yeah. just plows into your thigh. Helmet right to it. Yeah, just – leg whip, you know, like, ow, and uh, you don't bring him in. And then Michael Williams had the thumb injury. Uh, A.D. Mitchell's hanging out because of his ankle. But you notice A.D. Mitchell's he didn't dress out, but he's running up he's and down run, the sideline. He's running up and down the sidelines. I saw it three or four times. On offense and defense, he was running up and down yeah, the sideline. Bring, bring him back. Jalen Carter could go in. You know, he did on that fourth down play. But, again, you shouldn't need him for this, so you keep him, let him get healthy. Uh and we don't report all that stuff, you know. I'm going to tell you that, like, uh, Malachi Starks, I think, was wearing a brace at one point a few weeks ago. We don't thumb. That stuff because hmm? looked like his thumb was taped up extra even more so today. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's stuff like that happens all the time, you know, nicks and scrapes and uh, stuff like that that we don't don't report on simply because it's not supposed to keep them out of the game. Now, like the Jalen Carter thing, we were told, oh, he's he practiced every snap this week, but then all of a sudden he didn't play as much versus South Carolina. You're like, oh. Well, guess it was worse than we thought. Or, again, Coach, look, we don't need him to play. So if you can get through a game like this, becomes a learning uh, thing, as uh, Brent points out. I- I'm fine with that. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with just doing everything perfectly and not needing a lesson game. Am I wrong? Uh, well, I, I mean, yes, but you think about it. Two plays and well, maybe three, but like – Lad doesn't muff the punt. There's three points gone. 
he catches the touchdown like in stride. Like that's a touchdown. Yeah. Now yep. you got seven. Now you, now that's seven more, that's and great. then later, you know, and another touchdown. He you know dropped it, kind of like, hey, there's a guy coming to hit me. That sort of thing. Like his Murphy's Law game. Like if, oh if, yeah, if it wasn't yeah, for that, like got, I think you're got all their shit plays out. You know, you just like a like lancing a boil. You know, you know they're there. Uh, you take the awful tasting medicine. You lance the boil. It hurts right now. It sucks or whatever. You're not happy about it. But then, okay, that demon's been exercised, and you just come back that much stronger. Like Chris Smith, I think he recently just tweeted, "Never like he had his head, hand head never again." Tweet went inside. Yeah, on the touchdown. Like, and when you do that against that offense, where it's hey tight, and they're literally standing on the sideline, if that one guy takes a bad angle and he gets the edge like that, where you get both guys pushed out of bounds or something like that, that's all that's out there. And yeah. big play gone. And that's and dude, Tennessee runs that same thing, but with better wide receivers. Yep. And bigger tackles and guards yeah. looking for and tight ends. Uh, Brent, right before you got on the show, we were having a conversation about the offensive line. One of our big uh, members of the uh, YouTube page, KD DSGB, said, hey, Brent, you're the PFF guy. What's your take <laughs> on the O-line? Who should be the starting five? Because we the reason it came up, Brent, I, I think you listened. You were in the waiting room, so you heard. So, uh, But we were, we were just getting at, you know, they were rotating some guys in. Feel I said maybe it doesn't feel like they have their, their full five that they really want, but they've all five of those guys have started the four games together. So what's your take on the offensive line through four games? Their best five players don't have a position. And when I, when oh, I, I mean like by that, that, I like that. You got me confused. Well, you have three tackles. You have three tackles who are your best five in your best five players. Yeah. And you're obviously not moving one of those three into guard or we have seen it earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's to me, that's the conundrum they have is that your center is in place. Your left tackle for the most part is in place. You have two guys at right tackle that you really like and that are playing well. Cause Marius Mims is actually playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And especially in the run game. And then, but you're not putting one of those two tackles in, in the inside. So now to me, you're, you're never going to have your sort of best five players uh, on the field. Now, in terms of the interior part of it, I, I've, I've never really thought you'd get mu- I think trust for the most part to me has always been a guy who's, he's never necessarily going to be a minus. And if he does have, you know, for every one minus, he's got a one positive play. So he's kind of always going to be right around a average to above average starter. Yeah. At, at best. Uh, so to me, I, the rotation is fine. Like, hey, guys having a bad day? All right, fine. Let's get somebody else, especially on the interior. But I like the, the answer to me is I don't think there is an answer because one guy is always left out in the terms of if you're if you're trying to play your best five. You do make a good point that if we would have seen if people asking, you know, if we would have seen McClendon Jones and Mims on the field at the same time, because I saw a couple comments saying move Mims inside the right guard. I think we would have already seen that by now. Uh, they would have already done that against uh, Samford or Kent State. We didn't see it in either one, so that's not an option for them. Uh, Mims forward. can't play guard and he can't play left tackle. He only play right. That's unfortunate. 
Yeah. That kind of hurts your draft stock a little bit if you can only play one of the the five. Well, I mean, but it's, it's, it's you still got you know maybe two years more. So yeah, you know, true. You saw Andrew Thomas make the uh, transition pretty well. So other guys can, but I'm just saying as it stands right now, he gets on the field because he's really good at right tackle. You know, and then what do they do? They move Warren McClendon over, show that <laughs> Warren can do it. Warren's fine with it in but game. From what, I, from what I understand, it's uh, and again, I, I don't want to. Just pass along what I've been told. I don't want to come across as an analyst, but I was told that, look, you know, we got a Marius Mims really good at right, but we can't move him to left, and he can't move inside the guard. And you've got a lot of guys who can play guard, and it's going back and forth there. So, Well, it's it's always the, with Jamari last year. Yeah. And that's, you know, stuff that gets told, you know, things that I get, conversations that I have. Jamari wasn't good on the inside. Yeah. And he really, by the way, he wasn't really good in the National Championship game on the inside. Like, he just – Broderick was amazing on the out at left tackle. So, you know, those sort of things, those are, I'm sure it's things they try and look, yeah. give a look and then, all right, nope, can't do that. Let's move on. Let's go be the best we can be where we are. Katie says uh, he figures McClendon would move to the inside in his NFL future. I don't see that. I think he's a tackle. I agree. Uh, Ken from Cummings says, well, why not try Morris or Fairchild? They're giving them their shots. It's just the, uh, the other guys are, getting their shots ahead of them. So they're lower on the pecking order, right? Yeah, I mean, Xavier Truss has been there a lot longer. Devin Willick has been there, and he's also a lot bigger. That's a big boy. Uh, Warren McC uh, Erickson has actually won that job, you know, even with a busted hand. He came back and was your right guard for a while. I mean, there's uh, those other guys tried. That's why you have – you put them in against Samford. You put them in against, you know, late in the game against a uh, South Carolina – Today you needed your starters, and you know you're moving up and down the damn field. game. You started for uh, I mean you more field goals than you wanted, and then your defense just couldn't get you off the field. Uh, somebody was pointing about some of the plays the uh, South uh, Kent State ran. They ran same play multiple. There it is. Uh, ran same play multiple times with success. <laughs> they ran it over and over and over again. Uh, Georgia didn't have a, uh, a way to stop it. And again, remember last week we were talking about the inside linebackers versus last year's. That is where, yeah, you might have more athletic linebackers right now. Although I think that's a, uh, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with that. And there were times that uh, Dumas Johnson played really well. Smile Monday was hitting people, but other times there were issues with your inside linebackers having to cover guys. And they're like, hey, okay, we can keep running the same play. And, they, and give Kent State credit, they called a hell of a game. They really did. They saw what Georgia could to do, what could they could do and what they couldn't do, and they're like, okay, we can move the ball. And that was their best defense was keeping Georgia's offense off the field. You know, two really long drives, 75-yard-plus drives. Like, okay. Double-digit plays. Like, yeah. when, when can – 11, 12 yards. I can't even remember the last time that I remember being in a game – or watching a Georgia game that since Kirby Smart's even been there for that matter, where just you have that long of a drive because normally one they either get get off the field on third down, and if they're if they're or if they're giving up points, it's it's big plays like you yeah. saw uh, in the perfect example in the SEC, SEC championship game. One of those long drives, what made it work? A fake uh, punt. Yep. Back to back weeks. That's coaching. They, they, they design something that they think will work, and then they have the guts to call it because, like, hey, we had nothing to lose. They wound up scoring off that drive. You know, it's like, okay, that's another one that got for you. And, again, we always say the recipe for an upset, and granted this wasn't in upset territory at any point, but as always, turnovers, penalties, 
and special teams. Georgia had mess-ups in special teams. They had penalties at the wrong times, and they had three turnovers in the first half. Against their team. Johnny yeah. wants us to say something positive. 4-0, number one in the country, probably the best player in the country on, is on your team, and that's Mr. Bowers, like one of. one of if, if he's not one, he's two or three. I mean, your quarterback, your offense is playing well. You got – Yardage all up and down. You got the next three games where you can still iron these kinks out for the most part, I think. And yeah, before you get the meat of your schedule, a lot of positive, a lot of positive. Johnny, do you know what the name of the, the show is? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Johnny. Johnny, play along dude, with us, my man. Hi, yeah. dude. Do we have to start banning people from the show, Johnny? Right. <laughs> right. We're overreacting. It's the POS. Um, to, to your point, Brent. Nine, so Kent State had three drive, three drives that stood out, and they all resulted in points for them, two field goals and a touchdown. But nine drives, nine drives, nine plays for 47 yards, field goal, 13 plays for 70 yards, field goal, and then 12 plays for 75 yards, touchdown. I cannot, like you said, I cannot remember the last time besides Alabama. Georgia gave up back-to-back drives, 13 plays and a 12 plays. That's just Georgia couldn't get off the field. It's insane. Yep. Yeah. So Bob says uh, the flashes were not intimidated by Georgia. If my head coach was an absolute beast like that guy, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be intimidated by anybody. <laughs> he yeah. looked like he could have lined up and you know did some damage as a tight end. He when he huge. when he shook when he shook Kirby Smart's hand uh, after the game. I was like, hold on, how tall is this guy? So I'm looking at took his visor off. And to me, I'm like, maybe you're not literally tip, literally tipping your hat, but visually you're tipping your hat like good great. I hundred percent Googled during the game to see how tall that guy was. I how, how tall is he? I did, I couldn't find it. I didn't, I didn't oh, yeah, see I, I can't find it either. I'm looking uh he's he's the he was the youngest head coach in FBS football at age 32, five years ago when he started. Uh Sean Lewis, let's see, height. That dude's gotta be six. Hey, I want you to six, look six. that up. But I want to. Uh... Six seven, six seven. Yeah. What? He's legit. Yeah, he's he's a tall dude. And that's without hair. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He. Uh, I'm going to keep looking. I think it's six seven right here, though. Hey, while you look that up, I want to mention uh, for people who say, "Hey, let's uh, have something positive." You know, if mm-hmm. let's say if you're not if you're not positive after that game, which should be your four zero, you you got a great quarterback, you got great wide receivers, good offensive line. Uh, you know, you, you you won a game without your two best wide receivers. Apparently, that's you know, I've, I've heard that can cause you to lose a game. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, try one of these gummies from our boys over at uh, the Rogue Shop. Okay, like the the Delta Eight, the fifty milligram ones. Those they're very good. I have them up on the screen there. Um, watermelon, mango, blue raz. They're really really good. And of course, there's different. You can do the five piece you can do the uh 10 piece you can do the uh 20 piece you know the bigger jar so if you want to go bigger you can do the jolly ranchers or you can do the gummies you can do they have pop uh called uh popsicles and there's a funny story that i won't mention on the air about popsicles and somebody who thought that uh that was uh, uh just regular candy i'm not going to mention that you know uh, <laughs> they, have, they have a ton of stuff they also have uh uh, if you have sleep issues, 
they can take care of it. If you have pain issues, they can take care of you there too. Uh, those the, the sleep gummies are phenomenal for people that have trouble sleeping. I have one of my best friends who lives down in Pensacola, has never been able to sleep for years. It's taking the sleep gummies and they help a lot. And this uh, pain cream here, the whole reason Richard got into it was because he was a former football player. And then he went and joined the military. So uh, shout out to all of our veterans and all who served. You mean a lot to us. Well, one of your fellow veterans was in a lot of pain and all the different uh, opioids and stuff he took weren't really helping him out. So he tried a cannabinoid, an anti-inflammatory, and they concocted you know, through the uh, THC and uh, hemp products. They came up with their full spectrum salve to cut down on pain. So uh, we've had people try this stuff at UGASports.com. The reviews are through the roof. And if you use UGA, excuse me, if you use Promo code Bulldogs10, you'll get 10% off. We'll put the link in the description there. Try the Rogue Shop. It's legal in Georgia. You can try any of these stuff you want for your recreational gummies, your pain relief gummies, your, your I mean, pain relief salves, or your sleep gummies. So whatever you want to do, if you just want to have fun, you need to sleep, or you're in pain, Rogue Shop will take care of you. Check them out. And they have a lot of great products, and they're opening up places all the time. The quality control and stuff is through the roof. Richard and his wife grow it all. They process it all. It's not coming from some sketchy place in a third world country that uh, you don't know what you're getting. Their quality is through the roof. So hit up the Rogue Shop. Use promo code BULLDOGS10 to get 10% off. Uh, Bob says, uh, yes, well, I see God if I eat the whole jar of gummies. Yes, you will. <laughs> you uh, definitely will. also fail a drug test if, uh, you, if your company tests for that. Be cognizant that you can fail a drug test for it. So uh, it's a, uh, and uh, real quickly, if you do get a jar, Bob, and you try your first, don't eat the whole jar on your first one. I want you to just try a half of it or a quarter. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. Don't eat the whole thing. And it's not like, Oh, I haven't felt anything in 10 minutes. It, this, this isn't a, a, a old fashioned, like I'm having here with the fiddler. Okay. I, you guys know about where a minute, an hour 37 in after all my, I'm on my second one there. I start to get a little wobbly, you know, especially after all the uh, Bud Light next. But point being, uh, give it time. If after an hour you don't feel anything, you know, maybe you have the other half of that gummy. Maybe after two hours. Just, yeah, it's, it's, this, isn't a, this isn't a shooter, okay? So all you do on Saturdays now is you you drink Bud Light next, you drink Fiddler, and then you eat Rogue Shop at night. I mean, it sounds like and watch football and watch and, football and, and smokes illegal cigars while he does it. Well, I'm just saying, somebody hey, they said say something positive. I'm telling you, uh, Georgia won again, so that's going to give me a reason to smoke my Cohiba. There you go. Because I'm always looking for any excuse, and basically a Saturday, and uh, the weather's fantastic, so I can open up my office because normally after I smoke my Cohiba, the entire office reeks for like a day and a half. Yeah. But not today because we're going to open up the windows and it'll be great in here. But uh, just to touch, uh, oh, swing back. Troy, to Sean, Troy nails it. Sorry. Uh, Sean Lewis played football at Wisconsin, the head coach for yeah. uh, Kent State. Got He uh, registered one catch uh, for Wisconsin as a tight end. He came in as a quarterback, but he is 6'7. Uh, so, and Kentrell comes. Yeah. Kentrell Barbosa over on Facebook. We appreciate you watching, man. He says, Do y'all think Georgia will fall in the polls? We haven't touched on this yet. That's interessante. 
Um, I think Curry would like for them to fall in the polls, but I think they probably will stay number one, I would assume, unless Vanderbilt comes out tonight and whoops, or excuse me, Alabama comes out tonight and whoops Vanderbilt 56 to nothing. That's probably the only way I could see it changing. <laughs> yeah, which is very possible. What about what say you, Brent? I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't see it happening because again, they like, well, you didn't lose or you didn't play anybody close, you know. Still, you know, yeah, oh, you only won by 17. You know, I don't think that they're gonna punish you for that. Maybe you see instead of getting 24 first place votes, you get 22 or something like that. You know, maybe somebody who last week voted for you and they kind of felt bad about it or they weren't sure of it. Maybe somebody on the fence, but I don't see I don't see it changing. Uh, Bo Picks throws a pick six against Washington State. Washington State 17, Oregon 6. Oregon, right Oregon, Oregon ain't good. Damn. Although, no, uh, Oregon just got a field goal, so it's 17-9 now. It's not the worst result right that's going on right now. Miami's Miami. down 14 at the half, I think. To Middle Tennessee. To Middle, who, lost really? to Jane, who lost to James Madison by like 35 points. Go Blue Raiders. Mm. Dustin Royston. Former Georgia player, coach up there. Is he still up there? Yes. Hell yeah. Let's go, Dustin. It was great when Georgia played them. We actually got him to come on our show. All right, we got an interview with him. We're like, hey, can we interview Dustin Royston? And the MTSU's like, well, shit, why not? So uh, well, we, had I, come on here. we had a great uh, interview to Anthony Dasher, knocked that out. So last year I was going to get the uh, Charleston Southern offensive coordinator. His, his, uh, his little brother's really good friends with me. And, uh, he was like, yeah, man, he'd love to do it. And then I get a message back. Charleston Southern wants to come into town and get out of town without anybody knowing they were there. Uh, <laughs> he, will not, he will not be doing the interview. They do not want any publicity for this game at all. They just want to come in, basically collect their check, and then get the hell out of Dodge uh, was, was basically what I was told. Troy Jones says, what about four straight games with 250 passing and a touchdown rushing? They mentioned that on College Game Day this morning. I did not know that this was a thing. Uh Tebow, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, Tebow and Johnny Manziel are the only ones to do it for three games. Uh, Four games, Tebow. He ties Tebow now for having 250 yards passing and a rushing touchdown in the same game in the same season. So he Should have had a passing touchdown too. Yeah, he ties Tebow with that crazy stat. Uh, The Dave McStats is probably salivating over, uh, waiting for him to hit five. If you wanted to do a Heisman Trophy campaign – that would be a great thing to put out if you're UGA. By the way, you know, our quarterback uh, is tied with the last, you know, not last one, a big Heisman Trophy winner, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think they'll do it. It's not Kirby style. But. We haven't talked about the whole Heisman thing for Stetson really yet. I think this game, man, uh, no passing touchdowns. This was the game for me, at least. You put up some big numbers, first half, four touchdowns, something like that. You get your rushing touchdown. You get 300-some-odd yards. Then it's like, whoa, here we go. But this game, I feel like, almost put a halt to it. Do you guys feel the same way? or uh, The whole Heisman, Stetson for Heisman, it was building that momentum. I think it was probably more of a flat line for it. I feel like it dropped off a little bit. But I feel like Mr. Bowers went, took a step up. Sure. Because because when, when you get the social media clip that goes around and you got the, even the guys who do NFL draft and the NFL and cover the NFL and they're tweeting about, you know, what in the world did this guy – like I saw one, Nate Tice, who does a really good job on The Athletic. Like what kind of wine did he drink? 
growing up in <laughs> Napa. Like, so that I think his for that, you know, because of its, because what is the Heisman anymore? It's you know, it's it's the statistics the plus the wow team. plus the wow plays. Yeah, the the moments, and you know, when you got a seventy-five yard jet sweep touchdown from your tight end, that, that's one of those moments. You know, last week and. And so many, so many plays like that, but that's exactly what we're saying before you join us, Brent. Uh, Heisman Trophy uh, voters love a good highlight reel. You know, like okay, we're voting for the Heisman. Wow, look at this guy! Look at that! And again, it, what it's devolved into is which quarterback has the craziest plays, the most escapes, the most uh, crazy numbers. A lot, crazy numbers will get you into the conversation, but you're right. The guy that makes the crazy. Uh, scramble play and then heaves a bomb to win a game. That guy cements his Heisman status, if you will. And you go back last week and Stetson Bennett throwing a few of them. And then that little run where he juked the South Carolina guy out of his shorts. Yes. That, that kind of Heisman trophy loop. You know, hey, here's why he won it. And you show that play. But now you're able to put together a highlight reel going, here's why, uh, you know, this guy should be invited to New York. And it's watch this. What was that? A 75 yard pass over the middle last week where he outran a guy. Mm-hmm. You go back to, you know, outrunning the guys last year and then the 75, you know, yard jet sweep. You shouldn't be able to run a jet sweep with a tight end like that and take it to the house. It's just wrong. It's not, it's not fair to the defensive lineman. I mean, you know. Speak, by the way, speaking, did you see him line up at running back? Did you see uh, Bowers? So. Because we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. They, Darnell yeah. was the inline tight end on the right. Bowers was the running back right beside of Stetson. Kenny Mack came in motion. He looked deep and then checked it down to Kenny Mack real quick. But, yeah, they lined him up at running back right beside of Stetson on one play. We told people before the season started that they would actually line him up at running back. And then I, to this point, I'm like, it never happened. And I felt like I was – I don't say lie to, but I feel like I overpromised, you know. Like, hey guys, I told y'all this was coming, and then it didn't, you know. So good, glad, glad it happened. It did. Well, we got Anthony here, Brent. So if you want to go ahead and roll out, man. Have a good evening. See you, brother. Yeah. We appreciate. We'll see you guys you. later. Thanks, Brent. All right, appreciate man. it all, my friend. Anthony coming on with us. What's up, big Anthony? You didn't have to get rid of Brent. No, no you're, you're, you're much more important than Brent. Don't tell him I said that, though. You're a terrible liar. Yeah. No, how, how's it going, my friend? Oh, uh, well, I figured I would go play golf today and, you know, break hearts <laughs> and make babies because this game was a pushover. And the Wrong whole choice. Time, all I'm getting is complete just lack of just what I heard was – intensity execution and all that stuff so i haven't seen the actual game i only saw about about two quarters of it but what i saw was exactly what i heard and the four turnovers lad mcconkey stetson bennett in the first half i kind of turned the game off and just started watching you guys on the uga sports um the on the watch along show and uh Honestly, Roddy, I had to mute it a few times because <laughs> Coach did not look happy. <laughs> he, he wasn't thrilled. He no. wasn't thrilled at all. 
But where was the whiteboard? Hmm. The, yeah. he, he won't let us do it. He won't let us what? do it. He called play after play after play, but I don't know if he worries that it would make the offense look predictable or that it would I think it's just oh, like a coaching. Yeah. Wait, uh, wait. So do you think do you think do you think that uh any team or playing's got graduate assistants? I mean, obviously they are watching UGA Sports Live with Jim Dunn and Roddy and Dane. But <laughs> would you think they'd be watching it so he would call the play and instantly get it into the coach to change? No, 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 not that. It's just overall, it's like, well, if a guy watching in his basement, you know, in his home theater can guess the play 75% of the time, then maybe the defensive coordinator can too or something like that, you know. But, it's, again, Coach Donnan is an offensive mind. He knows Georgia's personnel so well. Yep. So that gives him an insight into doing it. So, no, they're not watching it being able to no. kick it off like that. No, I know. I was just joking. But, no, it, but he also – it's like a courtesy. It's like, look, if I'm predicting your play calls, you know, then maybe I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to say I can call it as well as you can. But, and again, there's stuff where I don't understand it. When he's looking at the formations, he goes, okay, this is a quarterback keeper here or inside zone. I'm like – they looked the exact same way three plays ago, and he said this is running yeah. to the boundary or this is a uh, a fake, and then they're going to toss to uh, Brock Bowers. And I'm like – and sure enough, it's a fake and a toss to Brock Bowers. And I'm like, huh? Well, this know, is the same for me. In other words, yeah, the they, clues that I would be looking for – He understands uh, down distance, and yeah. he's obviously a Hall of Fame coach, and 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 he's he's looking three plays ahead, four plays ahead. That's a good point. Yeah. Than, than what most people do. And he's so, so smart when he does that. And he's so humble when he does that. Yeah. Everybody loves Jimmy D, baby. We all do. You know, coach, it, it just blows uh, coach my Donnie, mind, man. He, he, it's almost aggravating that he <laughs> knows what's going to come. And then when the play doesn't get executed well, executed well, you're, you're more let down that he let, that the, that the team let him down because he knew what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> right? Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. No, no. You're dead on. That's exactly you know, what, is what it feels I can, like. I can see why Coach doesn't want that, though, because I think Matt Rule uh, got into some heated topic because Dan Orvlosky of, of ESPN basically said, hey, this is how you know it's a run or a pass for the Carolina Panthers offense last week. And, it, and Matt Rule actually had to answer a question about that. Uh, oh, being really? like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a. It became. A I live in. I live. I live. I live in North Carolina too. So I don't. Yeah. It became this huge case. thing that nobody really thought of. But Darren Vlasky was like, "Yeah, when they run this, it's a run. When they run this, it's a pass." And so yeah. Matt Rule actually had to answer about that uh, in uh, a press conference. So maybe that's why Coach John's like, "Nah, let's not go down that road." Uh, I got you. Heaven forbid, you know, we have to answer questions. He has to answer to Kirby. Hey, why am I getting? Uh, you know, press press in the press conference about what formation I'm in. Yeah, this right. guy online. Well, he's so you know, Munkin is so uh, multiple that you you can stand over it as a defensive coordinator on the same the same formation three times in a row and it's three totally different plays. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, really you, just the, it just comes down point. to the execution. That's why I don't. Want to, to me, I'm trying to. I don't want to say I want to go toe to toe with coach because I mean, there's no way. But I at least yeah. want to see what he's keying in on that right. tips him off right. that the play that he says is about to come comes. I want to be better at my job. I want to be better, you know, especially I, I did years as a sideline photographer. 
And when I got my best shots was like, okay, I know down and distance here and I know what Georgia's tendencies are. So instead of focusing on the quarterback, I'd go to Chris Conley. I'm like, this ball's going to Chris. Right. Or it's going to Michael Bennett or Ray right. Drew's coming, you know, and I'd get that shot. Who doesn't get enough credit? Michael Bennett is one of the best possession receivers at Georgia. Yeah, but, I mean, but again, people. knowing that, you know, where the guy from USA Today wouldn't get it, but right. I know it. So it's right. the same position groups and the guys are moved around just a fraction of a second and coach calls two different – predicts two different plays correctly based on – one guy's hips are turned a different way or something like that. And I'm like, right. how the hell do you do this? And yeah. uh, he's the other guys are trying to get the tells, you know, right. that was Steve Spurrier was great at that, you know, seeing the tells in your secondary and calling plays according to what your guys are tipping off. But right. he just right. doesn't. It drives me crazy. But point being, he was a little frustrated with the game because it's all correctable. But when you, when you put guys in the right position, and they don't execute, it drives you crazy as a coach. You're like, look, I had the right call. He just didn't do it. And he gave the Kent State coaches a ton of credit because he's like – he said multiple times, they're calling a great game. They see yeah. what we are having exactly. trouble with, and they're not going away from it. You yeah. know, of course, they you know, know it was five here. Why wouldn't you? I'm like, because you need to punt it. It's fourth and five. And <laughs> Yeah. And and uh, Kent State did a great job of running multiple plays out of the same formation. They did it like – on two or three drives where they just stayed in the exact same formation. They would do a RPO, then they would do a uh, run and run, and then they would do a pass, you know, and it's like, and these young guys, Smile Munden, yeah, he's super athletic. Malachi Sark's uber athletic, but they're seeing three different types of plays come out of the exact same formation. They're going, hurry up. Your brain starts going into mush, you know? So that's one thing that it just takes time. You know, you have a guy like Richard LeCount back there who's played in, God, how many games did LeCount play in? 97, it feels like, 1,000 uh, when he was at Georgia. He can diagnose it, but, you know, smile Monday. And, and, his, and his first two years at Georgia, Kirby yelled at him nonstop. Right. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, smile Monday, Malachi Starks, those guys, they're having it like, it's like, you know, OJT, on-the-job training type stuff right yeah. here that they're having to go through and – Luckily for Georgia, they have they've done a great job. They're four zero, and yeah. if this is the worst you're going to see from the defense, giving up twenty two to Kent State, then I, I'm sure you'll be you'll be fine with that. You know, would you guys would you guys consider this like Georgia's wake up call? I know it's only game four. We start the SEC season really next week. I know I know we go to Missouri. Uh, I didn't watch the Missouri Auburn game. I saw it was fourteen fourteen in the fourth. But um, do you, do you think this is this is more um, com- I don't want to say complacency, but do you think this is more youth or, um, and I don't want to use youth and experience uh, in, in, the, in the same uh, narrative, but, you know, a lot of these guys are young uh, when it comes to positional football and where you're at in the framework of the game. Would you consider this something that these guys have learned to not just take the, the team for granted, but, take their own skill set for granted you know when the guys when the coaches obviously george's coaching staff knows how to put them in the correct position but do they take their skill set for granted more than they take their opponent for granted do you guys understand what i mean the difference between overconfidence and okay. what, you can, what you can do okay I mean, is, that, is that what you're trying to say yeah 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 i mean do, are, that's what i'm saying you you're, you're not saying that the opponent is beneath you, 
but you're saying I'm better than the opponent. You, you, there's a big yeah. difference. It's, no, absolutely. You can, you can, you can half-ass and cakewalk through any, uh, through most of the stuff in your life if you're 95% better of the person in front of you. But at the same time, the overconfidence, the overconfidence will build or, or, or breed a complacency that you go, well, eh, he can get a step or two on me. I know I can catch it. Or uh, this, that, and the other. And then you see a team come and smack you in the face, regardless on if it's uh, alignment, if it's tempo, if it's play calling, if it's down and distance. The Kent State guys, from what I saw today, like I said, I hadn't watched the, I didn't watch the entire game, but the games that I the game that I watched, I watched two and a half quarters. I saw a lot of Georgia players kind of half-assing it. And I don't know if it was because they just felt that they were the better team or they felt the team was beneath them. You know what I mean? I mean, there is a difference. Might be a combination of all that, plus it being a noon kick, a Kent State. You just beat well, up. Well, they on did South. the same thing against South Carolina last week on the road. Yeah. I mean, it, they, it might. They, they just they just shit in everybody's hamburger and still made them eat it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I swear. <laughs> no, I swear I mean... bad. I said a bad word, Paul. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's, it's I'm going to start. You know what? I'm going to start sending PayPal's for every single time I come. But that's not a bad word. No, it's not. It's not. I'm just. I'm laughing. I was laughing at what you said. Uh, I was more about what you said. Yeah. Okay. But but, but, but you know the, the the new kickoff. I get it. We've got a ton load of noon kickoffs that I guess are scheduled. I know we play at 7:30 next week, and we got the 3:30 game against uh, Florida and all that stuff, but. There's no telling if we're going to be 3.30 scheduled the rest of the year or, you know, between noon and 3.30 the rest of the year. I, and, and, and I don't know if it's a lack of leadership or it's a lack of uh, uh, see, uh, senior presence that goes on. But what I, what, what, I, what I was able to witness today was just not the Georgia team. And I'm not going – I mean, I know it's a POS show. I understand that. It's the overreaction show and all that stuff. But – like Roddy said, and both, and you said too, Paul. These are correctable. This is all correctable. Stetson threw his first pick of the year. Yeah. Lad McConkey dropping a punt when he yeah. should have fair catched it, and Kirby just chewed his ass out. Yeah. You know, and these are all correctable things, and I, I, I think it's better for the team, and um, I would hate to be at practice for the next uh, four days. Oh, because yeah, yeah there it, it's not going to be it's not going to be a fun practice uh leading mm -hmm. up to Missouri and I I don't know if I would hate to be at practice more or I would hate to be on Missouri's team uh next week more because yeah. Missouri's going to get uh the wrath of all these Georgia players practice where they yeah. got yelled at they're going to get all yeah. that frustration anger out on Missouri so yeah, uh, it's, it's well, not hey, gonna look I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go you get, you guys kick ass you know Roddy Paul you guys are the best. You know, hey, we so appreciate you, my man. Hope I, you have a I good appreciate it so much, and uh, God bless you guys for all the work that you do, and uh, go dogs. We appreciate you, my man. Take it easy. Yep. Hey, somebody said that was awesome. He left, but uh, JQ said that was awesome. Yeah, man, Anthony is uh, – JQ, if you don't know Anthony, um, Anthony is a different bird. And he came on – I want to say the national championship show – and uh, was just cussing up a storm. And I was like, Anthony, bro, like we, you, you can't do that. And so now it's kind of a running joke, um, but he's, he's a good guy. Guys, if you haven't already, we, we just put it into the chat. You can enter to get a free bottle of Fiddler bourbon. 
what Roddy's holding right there. And how you do it is this link that's in the chat. You go there, you put your name and your email. That's it. That's it. We'll be we'll be drawing in six days, two hours, 10 minutes, and 20 seconds. It's got a little countdown on there. Uh, so you've got a week to put your name and your email in with that link right there. And what we'll do is we're announcing it on the show next week. Is that right, Roddy? That is it. The drawing will be Friday, and then we'll uh, announce it uh, on Saturday who won because yep. it doesn't automatically let you know. We, we will let you know. So um, uh, you can see I went ahead and put someone's name in there, my own. But if I win, of course, I'll let it go to somebody else. But it, you notice you can get additional spots if you visit their, visit their homepage or you visit their tasting room page. You like them on Facebook or follow them on Instagram or subscribe to their YouTube channel. That's pretty cool. So, so you can get it six additional entries, six additional entries, six additional entries, six additional entries, four additional entries. That Dang. increases your chance to win. Of course, if you're watching this show, um, you stand a much better chance of watching, of getting into it. So uh, jump in on it when you get the chance. All right. Um, but what is, again, this is a uh, real quick, and we'll get to some of the comments there if you want to call them up. But I do want to point out that the ASW distillery went out to San Francisco for the world, uh, for the, uh, what do they call it? The San Francisco world spirits competition. It's like the national championship for in the spirits industry. And they won the most awards that anybody has since 2018. Five of their six um, founders are UGA alums. So it's distilled by dogs. That's one of their taglines. So, you want the great bourbon, an award-winning bourbon, you see we put all the golds they've won. Uh, that's mainly because it's a fantastic bourbon. It's, Georgia fans do it right. You know, they kick ass. So Zachary uh, said he's still waiting on his free bottle of filler. He was our winner. Dude, so it's, it's actually boxed. It, it's a little tricky to mail bourbon <laughs> without it. Bringing, so I, I had to get one of those uh, – so I do have it, Zach. I got your address. It's actually in my car. I was supposed to go to UPS store yesterday, but I went up to see my son at UNG. It's, yeah, it's a little tough, Zach. You know, bootlegging liquor across state lines. <laughs> yeah. Just hold it on, buddy. It's coming, okay? All All right. I was thinking, of, what is that uh, song? Uh, Copperhead Road, man. <laughs> just, yeah. just playing in the background. I'm like, well, I gotta go. I gotta send some. And they're like, sir, what is in this box? Uh, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you take it in. Is there any liquid flash? Uh, what do they say? Liquid flammable fragile? Yeah, like, uh, like, no, 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 nothing. You don't need to open it. Just be careful with that bourbon glass of bourbon. I mean, bottle of yeah. bourbon. Uh, score update for you, Roddy Tennessee 24 14 over Florida right now, 10 minutes to go in the third. Texas 31 17 over Texas Tech, four minutes to go in the third. Miami's still losing 24 to 10. Uh, with 11 minutes left in the third to Middle Tennessee. And uh, it's halftime up there in Washington State, where Washington State 17 over Oregon 9 right now. Good Lord. Looks like Old Miss, their early troubles with Tulsa is no longer. They're up 35-17. Those are your top 25 wrap-ups. What get you looking forward to tonight? Arkansas, Texas A&M, probably be the one you're going to watch, I would assume. Yeah, I'm, dude, I, I'm a Sam Pittman. Uh... Some cold bear. Love, love Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman, number one, number one in the fan club, man. I, I love that guy. I wanted to win. Not a big Jimbo Fisher fan. Never have been. Not, not no, against him. It's just I've never I been. Don't think, I don't think there's a lot of Jimbo guys. Uh, <laughs> Tim from Cumming says, Ryan has been drinking his Zach. And then Zach says, uh, it's all good, Ryan. Take your time and don't get sent to the clink. I, I said a bottle. I didn't say a full bottle. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's open, don't worry. It's it's alcohol. You know, it, 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 the cork is really good. I put a piece of scotch tape over the top. It'll be fine. I didn't fill it back up with water. It's okay. You'll be good. Yeah. Uh, other games tonight: Ohio State, Wisconsin. The line on that, damn. The line on that is Ohio State minus nineteen. Jesus. I thought Wisconsin always played them pretty close. Nineteen is a pretty big line for that. Yeah, when's the last then, time you know you heard about Wisconsin being like? Old Wisconsin, you know, 2010, maybe. I mean, they had this Melvin Gordon and was probably the last running back they had that was worth anything. They had like four awesome running backs in a row, and then they just kind of haven't heard about it. Don't get me wrong, they're a good team, but it's just not Ohio State good. But if they could run it like they used to, you keep Ohio State on the sideline. And again, that's the the same defense that Kent State ran against Georgia today was having a good offense take. Mm eight minutes off the clock with a 12-minute drive. So, again, Georgia never punted, and Georgia's going to drive down the field. But if they're sitting on the sideline, nothing you can do. So that is a fantastic uh, or, you know, game plan. It's like uh, we're just going to run the ball. We're going to keep moving the chains. Mm-hmm. Nothing drives an offensive coordinator crazy than sitting on the sideline, you know, or you know, watching his guy sit on the sideline and watching that his defense get, you know, tireder and tireder and, you know, make – making mistakes. So Wisconsin was the first team to like really put in like that five big six foot six, 330 offensive lineman. Like that was their thing. They put in and bring in a couple extra tackles too. It's like, Hey, it's third and two. Well, we got seven of them in now, you know? Yeah. They would put in, they were like the first team that was like, yeah, nobody is even smelling the field. If you weigh under 325 pounds, (laughs) our offensive line is going to be 330 and up. And then the bigger, the better. Uh, speaking of bigger, better USC versus Oregon state tonight too. USC is only favored uh five and a half and Oregon state's three and oh, so might see, uh, might see USC tonight. Pac 12 network though. Why? I hate that. Um, Greg Watts, you got 40 entries in, uh, for the fiddler. So I mean, that's, that's the secret. We're not talking about that on all these, uh, social media sites. You know, we're saying, look, if you're watching this show, Get your name in, get your name in early, and then hit up all those little additions. So, real quick, you know, and uh, then go to uh, Rogue Shop, Rogue Shop, and uh, use code Bulldogs10. We need to put that in the, the section there if you would. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to go, I want to see how the, the dog mint's doing with the. Uh, <laughs> so, I'll tell you what. Um, here, while while you grab the promo code for the, I mean, for the bulldog for the broke shop, and you type that in, I'm going to share the screen with the uh, with the, the dog, dog vent. The oh dog God. vent. Chrome Let's see how the dog vent's handling the. Uh, you're, you're a different breed. I don't know if we want to do this. Do we drop to two or three? Hey, Savannah dog, that's our guy. Um, Cassie Grace's dog, for people that don't, who don't know who Cassie Grace's dog, that's somebody within inside the Athletic Association. Now, Cassie Grace's dog is like a house account at UGA. So a lot of the people in there, you're never sure, never sure exactly who it is, but uh, when Cassie Grace's dog uh, pops up, you know that's somebody within the Athletic Association. They say they uh, we played our most sloppy game in a long time, way too many turnovers, bad tackling, and eye discipline, but we won and put over 500 yards of offense. A lot of good today, but the bad is what sticks out in people's minds. Practice this week will be fun. I'll be back later if you have questions. So, or I'll be, yeah. So, fire away. So, again, if you're a member of UGASports.com, you can come on and uh, talk to somebody inside the program there. Uh, talk talk about the Gators. Will they win? <laughs> uh, Magua, 
Uh, Mago has been a member at UGA Sports since day one. He's like, somebody want to tell me what the hell happened today in, in Athens? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, single barrel dog who really knows this stuff has a, had a food and drink thread. Uh, dog Trav 2042 says we've been exposed in offense and defense. I see that's a good overreaction. That's the type of stuff we need. Which, which I don't know if you've been exposed on offense. Maybe, maybe. I don't think so. Uh, your defense, though, I could he could convince me yeah. that that's happened because you get that ball out to the flats, screen passes, things like that, hurry up offense. This team's still learning how to do that. Uh, so you could convince me on that, that they've been exposed on defense. Now, obviously, Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, Glenn Schumann, um, they're going to right the ship. Uh, but I could I could see where you could come with that. Uh, his response is, better buckle up for the rest of the year. Tennessee might whip our butt by three touchdowns. Just wow. I don't know about that. Um, they, about are gonna be, they are going to be tough. Uh, touchdown Florida, Roddy. Touchdown Florida. 24-21, 5.55 in the third. That's going to be a good little ending right there. So is Florida going to beat Georgia by three touchdowns too? No. So. Uh, uh, Sambo uh, Dog says, everybody here needs to grow up here. Stop rationalizing. 4-0, baby. Get after that ass. <laughs> Ken from Cummings says, uh, Roddy, I stay out the vent on game days. Not pretty either way. <laughs> it, it's, a fun, it's a fun place to be, Ken, especially, uh, you know, from where we're sitting. Bird's eye view, if you will, being able to see both sides of this is uh, it's a good time. It can't get a little toxic, but it's it's fun. It's it's the reason that's the granddaddy of the message boards, because you've got folks that have been around for a long time uh, that know their dogs and are passionate about their dogs and bring some funny analysis sometimes too, um, like this right here. Did McConkey spend last night at Bulldog's house like. You know, well, you, you gotta, gotta know who Bulldog is, right? You gotta know who Bulldog is, exactly. Exactly. Bulldog uh, is our resident uh, a recreational uh, smoking expert, yeah. So, uh, you know, we haven't talked about Lad McConkie, and I asked after he had dropped his second, third pass, do, do you stop? Do you just take him out and say, Look, man, today's just not your day? You know, you had the muff pass, you had the, the well, what the first play he dropped one, right? Then he, you know, mm -hmm. so drop pass. Muff punt, drop pass, missed pass. I think it was like three or four. And I'm like, at some point, you just pull him. Now, they stuck with him, and he had some big catches down the down the way. But I just wondered at some point when you have all those – If I, we talked about Tate Ratledge. If an offensive lineman's getting blown up or just having a bad day, you pull it. You know, yep. if a defensive lineman's not getting, making tackles or an outside linebacker's in the wrong spot and he keeps missing or keeps missing tackles, you pull him. We don't say, hey, you got to stick with those guys. You know, at some point, if you're Jackson Meeks, you're like, well, damn, coach. I mean, you guys. Yeah, what, what do I got to do? What, what the, Don Blaylock's like, you know, I came through two ACLs to get back here. Yeah, Kieran Jackson, like, I've been, I got I've been here 10 years. Let me see the field. Right. So, and again, I'm not rooting against him or pulling against him. I'm just saying, at one point, you go, son, you, you know, you're just, it's just not your day today. You, Next Saturday, I promise you're not going to change in the uh, pecking order. But, man, you were just – we're going to have to do something different. You just yeah, go sit on the sideline for a little bit. We, we'll, we'll take care of this for you. Yeah. What's crazy to me is, though, he led the team in receptions. Him and uh, yeah. K-Mac were tied, but he led the team in receptions and yards. So six – 
65 yards that he was targeted nine times. Um, what's crazy to me, you, you touched on lad, but Stetson Bennett, 75% completion percentage today, 27 of 36 did not feel like that. Uh, it felt like every, every time he threw something, it was uh, dropped. Yeah. It just something not, wasn't going not on the money, but then he thread threaded some needles. He did. Yeah, there was a pass to Bowers over the middle where he threw it about 120 miles an hour. And I'm like, what are you um, doing? Don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh God. okay. All right. That works. Uh, but, yeah, he finished 75% completion percentage today and just no touchdowns that he got in the passing category. 272 yards. Uh, let's see here. Rushing, like we said, Brock Bowers leading the team with 77. D, uh, D. Edwards, old uh, Dijon, 12 for 73. K-Mac, 9 for 44, and K-Milton, 9 for 41. You want to see better production out of both those guys, uh, hopefully. But you finish off with that huge run from Bowers with 41 rushes for 257 yards, and uh, which averages 6.3 a touch and then four touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns. So um, a lot of people, like we talked about earlier, Roddy, in the chat joining us now green soldier kirby's visor they're saying they're genuinely concerned about the running game they really really like edwards we kind of discussed that you know and it's one thing i think if there's any anything on this uh offensive side of the ball right that, that could make you worried is the running game but then you have a play like you do with brock bowers where it's a jet sweep and he goes 75 yards that counts as a running play so maybe that oh Maybe that's why they're getting Brock involved is they're worried about it too. I don't know. We're overreacting, right? Yeah. Well, also, I mean, um, when you look at the uh, – Kenny McIntosh has seven targets, you know. Yep. Uh, six six of those are complete. Um, it takes one 10 yards, you know. How much of that – do you how many of those were actually rushing plays in Georgia's to Georgia? Oh, yeah, and their oars in their eyes, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, oh well, that was you know, that was more of a rushing play than you know, you you tossed it two yards to him and he catches and goes. So it's like, okay. Whereas if you if it's a toss sweep, then we count as a run, but if it's toss four, then we count as a pass, you know. Which I would assume I would assume all of them because he registered 35 yards, but they're counting him for 40 yards after the catch. So I would assume all of them. Uh, even more than what he got uh, were yards after the catch. So those yeah, are probably rushing yards too in their mind. Yeah. So again, it's just um, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed in the fact that you didn't at some point when this team was sticking around, you didn't just line up and just play power football. I don't know you if know. you can. can again, you? I don't want to say impose your will because you can't with five guys. You can't impose your will against seven. I don't care how good you are. You know, but at the same time, you never had to you never had to punt. You just kept moving the ball down the field. You had 500 yards of offense. And if a team wants to line up and say, OK, you're not going to run on us, well, then throw it, you know, or gash them. But I don't know. It, it, I think you would have that security blanket if you had uh, been able to just line up and power rush. But I mean, if it's Dejon Edwards getting the carries and instead of uh, Kendall Milton, somebody still. Got all those rushing yards, you know. You still ran for what, two hundred seventy-two yards? Uh, no, yeah, uh, two hundred fifty-seven. No, two hundred fifty-seven. That's two seventy-one, but then they lost fourteen. So, yeah, two hundred fifty-seven rushing yards. That's it's not bad. 
But again, we want to well take out the one from Brock Bowers. It wasn't. Yeah. No. It, it, okay, let's do it this way. Uh, what if that had been Kenny McIntosh on that jet sweep? You wouldn't take it out. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we'd be looking at Kenny McIntosh with uh, that. He had 44 yards and then 75 yards on that one. He'd have had 120. 44 and 25. Yeah. Yeah. 120. 121. You know? Yeah. With a touchdown. Uh, So I've been 12.1 yards of carry for him had it been McIntosh instead of Bowers there. Right. So could he could he have made it? I don't know. Maybe because the way they were lined up, you had to do it with, uh, you know, if he'd lined up to take that, then maybe it doesn't happen. You know? Mm -hmm. So again, I don't know. But point being, I'm not freaking out over it, but. I, I, just like all the Georgia fans, if I'm, if I'm a Georgia fan, I feel a lot better if, uh, you know, instead of when we're looking at the rushing statistic, it's not Brock Bowers who's your leading rusher. It's uh, Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton, Dejan Edwards, you know. Branson uh, Robinson. Branson Robinson, Cash Jones. Uh, oh, uh, Kiaris Jackson, you know, on a jet sweep. And then Brock Bowers. But again, yeah. but it's just traditional. And we were talking last week, well, maybe this offense isn't as, you know, the game's evolving. And so all of a sudden Brock Bowers can be your leading rusher and your leading receiver could be Kenny McIntosh. Which is just crazy. Um, Ken from Cummings said the fighting landings are coming back. Oregon 15, Washington State 17 right now. Good for Dan. Hopefully they come back. Makes George's win look a whole lot better. It does, but again, it also tells you that okay, they blew out BYU. Well, I don't think the BYU was this monstrous football team. So uh, nobody's good anymore, Roddy. Nobody's good. They're really not. Kentucky's ranked eighth right now. Who knows? This world's coming to you. You know. Uh, what else you got, Roddy? Uh, that's about it. I was looking at some of the questions over there. Uh, from uh, Randall Edwards, when are we going to get it? So some of these other QBs don't drop a bunch of passes and turn it over three times, and you get to yeah. see the other guys. Yeah, you could have seen them. You could have seen them. Uh, could have seen them today. You were hoping to see. I mean, gosh, you were thinking you'd probably see Beck for a quarter and a half. You'd see uh, Vandergriff for a half a quarter. So there's two quarters for you. Um, hell, I don't know. We got Jeremy Neighbors. Jeremy, what's up, man? Hey guys, getting in here a little later than. Uh, usual we're about uh, if you don't show up on time jeremy i know man we're about out yeah my baby was awake no longer gonna take my calls he's right here in front of me but uh i got my i got my stepson with me today so i'm having to play double duty and the wife's at work so a little more uh you know i'm having to and I don't have another person here to play zone D or man defense with him versus two man i'm out man (laughs) uh but I haven't really gotten to tune in till just now, but you know, y'all probably covered it ad nauseum. Uh, today was really what the guys needed. I just didn't expect it to come against these guys. Uh, you know, I know they put up some fight against, you know, Kent State that has put up some fight against Oklahoma and Washington. I just, you know, didn't expect it to come against the the flashes of Golden State. Uh, you know, take away the three turnovers, man. It's it's honestly, it's it's really probably not a ball game. Uh, you know that that it's doesn't take anybody. Uh, and I think I heard y'all say, uh, Coach Don and or or maybe it was you, Roddy, say it on the watch along. And I agree, this should put to bed, especially among the media, that 
put to bed the comparisons that this defense is on par with last year's defense. Not saying it's talent-wise it's not as good, but it's nowhere near what last year's is right now. No, it's not close, and that's not doesn't mean it can't get there. Right. But when you got, you know, five first-round draft picks off the defense, no team has ever had that. No, no, nobody, no Alabama, no uh, Ohio State, no Clemson team, even with as many good players as they've had, you never had five defensive guys taken in the first round of the draft. And all those five there, I mean, how good would it be to have Lewis seen right now? You know, sure. how, how big yeah. would that have been? Uh, to have, you know, uh, we didn't even talk be, about uh, Walker, you know, I mean, it's just. I think it'd be good that, you know, it'd be good to have some of those guys that, you know, that one of those guys over there in Fayetteville, Breeny, I mean, you know, I'd like to have him, you know, right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about you, you had Trayvon Walker, the number one guy uh, playing beside Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, two other first round draft picks, and then Jalen Carter. Take away those three guys, and you leave just Jalen Carter. Now you bring in Zion Logue, Nazir Stackhouse, uh, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, Bill Norton, and that's just a step down. I mean, it's not not banging on them. They're just not first round draft picks. They're not. They're yeah. not there. Yeah. yeah. There's there's only there's only thirty guys that can be first round draft picks. I mean, you, you can't have thirty two. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't you can't have them all lined up on uh, your defensive so, line like that. And again, but when you play a terrible Sanford team and you play a terrible South Carolina team and you play Oregon in the uh, first-year head coach's first game on the road in a against the the national champion, well, of course they're going to look bad, you know. So all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Wow, they're better than last year. They've only given up, you know, three points or ten points." I'm like, against terrible team, they're doing what they're supposed to do. So uh, a little was a little thinking last week that maybe the game where Georgia dropped passes and have stupid penalties, you know, game, game drive killing penalties, you know, where you got to settle for a field goal instead of a, a touchdown. I thought it happened on the road at South Carolina just because it seems to, but no, Georgia right. played lights out last week and then you had it this week. So now all of a sudden you're like, guys, I know you're kind of getting sick of me telling you that you're not as good as you think you may be, or everyone's saying you're better than last year's team. And I'm telling you, you're not. Let's go look at the game tape, and every one of you guys, I can show you where you effed up. Yeah. So maybe they, they go into – I've said it on the watch long. This is their Alabama game last year without losing the SEC title game. You get that kind of wake up, that reality call that you have to execute better. And, as you know, but you don't lose the game. Win-win. Right. And you said uh, – so this – Kent State runs a similar offense to Tennessee's. Did I hear that right? Yep. So this is a good practice round, too, for that come November. Um, offense and defense, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a, that's a plus, too, where Kirby and, you know, the guys can go back and show this to them in November and say, hey, man, this is where you screwed up. Here's what we're not going to do this time. And this time, you know, you know, hopefully still undefeated by that point. And this time the stakes are bigger because, you know, if Tennessee holds on here, they might be – they could possibly be one loss rolling into into Athens. Hell, they could be undefeated. They could yeah. be undefeated. They, they could shock Bama and Knoxville, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, unlikely, but they could. Um, so, now, yeah, you're exactly right. I will say, I mean, I you know, I look for Kirby to get in their rears this week at practice – uh, you know, kind of like y'all, I think, I think it was Brant said about the Sanford game. I'm, I was, the same thing was going in my head. Like, man, this is Kirby's, 
got to be loving this. This is giving him exactly what he wants to kind of reel them back in a little bit and say, guys, you're not as good as you think you are, or as people are telling you, let's, this is where we got to improve on. And I, I look after watching that Auburn Missouri game, um, you know, both of those being the next two opponents, especially Missouri, I, I, I look for the boys to bounce back next weekend and go out there and take care of business next Saturday night. All right, Jeremy, oh, yeah. what's, what's the line going to be? Ooh. I'm, I'm sorry? What's, what's the, the line, line? going to be on this game? Ooh. I tell you, whatever it is, don't, you know, <laughs> take the points on Georgia because if Georgia's ever a massive favorite, I've learned, take the points against them. They're not one to do that. Uh, I'm going to – I would guess – I'm going to guess 28 to 30. Yeah. Hey, if you're in the chat before uh, before you run off and go watch these Vols because the Vols are running away against Florida, it seems like. What's the line, UGA versus Missouri next week in Missouri? What, what, do you, what, what say you, Roddy? Um, on the road versus a Missouri team that gave the game away. Absolutely. Uh, they gave respect away. Georgia to win by at least three touchdowns and a field goal, if not four touchdowns. I'm going to say – the line opens at uh, 27 and a half. God, that mm. – Because people – I mean, you you didn't give them enough credit the first few games. They blew everybody out. Then they guess this game, like, 44. I'm like, slow down. I told When we first heard that, I'm like, man, if I bet on games, I'd have bet my mortgage that George didn't cover this game. Because they never do cover – I mean, Kirby doesn't want to stick 60 on somebody, you know, or whatever, so – but I'm I, thinking, just, I don't think this Missouri team is very good. You know, I mean, granted, that's what I'm saying. So they're going to expect, even on the road, they're going to expect them to win by, especially as a bounce back. I mean, hell, if I saw 30 points, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think uh, Vegas is going to say three touchdowns at a field goal, at least 27 points, put the little, make it a half so that they have to score more than that. You know, I'm going, I'm going 27 and a half. That's what I just said. Did you just say that? Yeah. Dude, I'm the one drinking. All right. All right. All right. All right. So you said, tw- all right, 25. This is why you're still an intern. 25 and a half. 25 and a half. 25, 25 and, a half. and a half. All right. Yeah. So. Why do I let you on the show? I don't know, man. Nobody else, <laughs> nobody else will do it. Nobody else will just yeah, pretty much sit here with you and talk for three hours. Hamwich. Hamwich. So 25. So I said 25 and a half. You, Jeremy said 20, anywhere between 25 and 30. 28 and 30. And then Roddy said 27.5. I got that written down. We'll see We'll see as close as next week. We'll only come what what does the baby say? Baby says it's time to go. Hey, hey, I think he wants you to, to up it. You guys, y'all got to give my guy some credit. 34. Yeah. And a half. <laughs> Let's see. Green Soldier said minus 30 and cap it at that. No way. Similar line, 26 and a half, Bob Miller. But yeah, Jeremy, what else you got for us, my man? Man, that's really that's it. You know, not a lot to take away. Just just oh man, let me say a lot to take away, but not much to not much positive to say this week, I guess, other than you know, you got the dub and I guess really you didn't punt. That's always that is always a plus, but it's crazy. Uh, you know, it's time to get to business next week because it's conference play till till Georgia Tech. So you're right. You're right. Every <laughs> every game means a whole lot more now. 
All right, guys. I'm going to get off here, guys. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you all next week. All right, my man. All right. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Bye, baby. All right, Roddy. Well, 39 to 22. Unless you got anything else, I'm ready to. Nope, that is it, my friend. I'm going to turn on this. Uh, well, I guess Tennessee's going to run away with this, but we can hope again. We can hope uh, uh, Smod comes through the uh, big meteor of death and just uh, destroys the entire thing, and we don't have to worry about it. Well, guys, uh, 39-22. This is the post game of reaction show. Before you leave, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, hit that like button for us if you don't mind. If you're not subscribed to the channel, go ahead and do that as well. We appreciate it so much. We've got our great sponsors, Rogue Shop. 7-6, and also ASW Distillery. And if we've got it right now, it's in the description. You can register for a free bottle giveaway of Fiddler Bourbon. So uh, go ahead and put that in on the entry form. If you guys want any of these cool shirts that Roddy's wearing, I'm wearing, you can use POS22 over at the 7-6, and then Rogue Shop 10 will get you 10% off over at uh, the Rogue Shop. So Bulldogs 10. Bulldogs 10. At the row shop. So, uh, guys, we appreciate it. 39 22. Hopefully, you have a uh, better week than the players do this week when Kirby Smart's getting on to them at practice. It's not going to be fun for them, but I'm sure they'll bounce back. For Riding the Bolsey, I'm Paul Meharry. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Take care.